Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, April 3rd, 2017. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani, back inside our New York City studio. Thank you so much for joining us on this lovely Monday afternoon here in New York. Beautiful Sunday. Hope you had a nice weekend. It is spring. It is April. Good time to be alive. And it's a fun time to be an MMA fan. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if they did it on purpose or if it was some kind of dumb luck, but for the second straight week, it felt like Bellator really took advantage of a lull in the UFC schedule. And this is not a knock against the UFC. I actually think the lull was well-received, well-deserved. If we're being honest with ourselves, I, I feel this way. I'm a little more excited for UFC 210 because of the lull and it was just two weeks long imagine if we had a two month long lull like I, I feel legit excited for Saturday night's card and I think the top two fights are are great intriguing fun mix of great matchups great stories great fighters and I feel like I've had two weeks to really get excited for them and and I think the UFC has done a nice job in this lull to shine a light on those fights Via social media, I don't think it's been promoted, you know, any more so than your typical event, but they've had a little more time to do so. It's impossible to, if you have, you know, four straight weeks of shows, three FS1 fight nights and then a pay-per-view at the end, it's hard to really give that pay-per-view a lot of love. But we've had two weeks off now since the last UFC event. I mean, it will be two weeks by the time this this show happens in Buffalo on on Saturday night, and I feel like that has allowed us to a little bit catch our breath and get excited for two great fights. Of course, I'm talking about Daniel Cormier versus Rumble Johnson for the light heavyweight title and Gegard Mousasi versus Chris Weidman in the co-main event, a very important fight at 185 pounds. There haven't been a ton of fights announced as far as the future UFC cards are concerned. Haven't been a lot of news. I mean, it's, it's really been a quiet time, and I think that Bellator has done a nice job of sort of inserting itself into the daily slash weekly news cycle, if you will. And it's a good time for them because they had an event uh, this past Friday 
in uh, in Chicago, just outside of Chicago. And they also have announced more fights for their pay-per-view on June 24th here in New York City. They had that press conference on Tuesday at MSG. And it was an interesting one. It was actually the first official Bellator press conference that I have ever attended. And uh, they are excited. You know, I spoke to someone there who said, you know, one of the big stories of, of the year thus far, and let's be honest, we're a quarter of the way done as far as 2017 is concerned. And, and, and 2017 doesn't hold a candle to 2016 as far as news is concerned in MMA. I mean, 2016 was just dizzying. 2017 has been a little more, I don't know, a little slower, a little easier to digest. There just isn't something massive and seismic happening each and every day as it felt was the case for 2016. And I was talking to someone, a, a rather high up official at Bellator at the, um, at the press conference at Madison Square Garden on on Tuesday of last week. And they told me, look, Ariel, if you think that we are done as far as free agent signings are concerned, we are not done. We have been told from the, the highest level possible at Viacom to not stop now, to, as they put it, build the 27 Yankees. Just sign every single big name out there. And they are going to be very aggressive. And I think that when, when it comes to December or so, we're going to look back on this time and say like, wow, uh, they, they just scratched the surface. At least that's what they're telling me right now. Press conference was fine. Uh, th- those press conferences are always a little tough when it's a non-fight week, so you don't have all the MMA media there. You have a lot of people who don't do this for a living, um, and there were some quiet moments. Thank God for Chael Sonnen and his back and forth with not only Vanderlei Silva, but with Fedor Emelianenko as well, who's sitting right next to him, and I said this on the beat. That, to me, was the most impressive part of the whole press conference. Chael recognize an opportunity to plant a seed for a future Fedor fight. And that's exactly what he was doing. He was sitting next to him. He offered to fight him in February. No one is better, or maybe Connor is these days, but Chael put out the blueprint, plant the seed two to three fights down the line. Yes, you have one coming up. That one is going to essentially build itself but let's start planting more seeds. And he did that with Fedor sitting next to him, making fun of him, saying that Fedor probably wants to touch his arms and, and things like that. I thought it was, you know, it, it was a very boxing-like press conference. They bring out every single person. They bring out, you know, the, the pay-per-view provider guy. They bring out Spike TV president. Uh, well, not the president of Spike TV, but the head of sports, John Slusser. They bring in Scott Coker. Everyone makes their opening remarks as opposed to in the UFC where they just say, okay, who's... Who's ready for the uh, the first question? So I thought that was fun. Of course, they had the event on uh, Friday. King Mo Lawal defeats Rampage Jackson. The big story going into that fight was how much will Rampage weigh? He ends up weighing 253 pounds at the uh, at the weigh-ins, and King Mo ends up weighing 212 pounds. There was an obvious size discrepancy in the fight. Lawal wins. I thought he deserved to win two rounds to one, and then they announced right afterwards that he is going to fight Ryan Bader on the spike portion of the MSG card. And we don't really know what's next for Rampage. Does he want to keep fighting? Does he have it in him? Does he care? Does he go back to the UFC or does he just call it quits? I told you last week, he has to go back to the UFC. His contract is up with Bellator. And per that deal that he signed at the end of 2014, UFC paid for a lot of his legal fees. He signed a deal with them, fought that one fight against Fabio Maldonado in Montreal at 186. Now has to go back. Does he actually go back? And so that fight between Mo and Bader was in the works. Had Rampage won, especially in devastating fashion, it would have been interesting to see what they what they do with Bader. But they end up dodging that bullet. Mo wins, 
And, uh, and now that one's going to headline the spike portion of the card. On Saturday, we had Cage Warriors, and the big news there was Patty Pimblett losing uh, his, his featherweight title. And, and this was interesting because I don't know if a lot of you watched that card. It was, it was Saturday afternoon. It was in Liverpool. But man, oh man, did it feel like a big deal. Pimblett was fighting in Liverpool for the first time since he won the belt late last year, fighting a guy by the name of Nad Narimani and was thoroughly dominated. And this really the second straight fight in which Patty Pimblett does not look good. Won the last one uh, just a couple of months ago, but it was a very controversial decision. And then comes back with this performance, loses no question about that decision. I mean, it was very clear. There was no controversy at all. Um, maybe just how many rounds they they end up giving Patty. But the the, the, the entrance... This was a big time entrance. There were around, I've heard six to 8,000 people. They keep changing the number, but it was sold out. They're dancing, they're cheering, they're, they're chanting for him. He came across like a huge star. He's 22 years old and then loses. And then everyone afterwards says, well, you know, he was pushed too fast. Well, when you become the champion, you have to fight some kind of competition. And if you're not beating this kind of competition, then clearly you're not ready for the UFC. This was a good and bad thing for cage warriors. I felt because if he continues to win, he's going to the UFC and he's a big part. He's by far the biggest star at cage warriors, maybe not the best fighter, but the biggest star. He's also managed by the head promoter, founder, whatever you want to call him, president of Cage Warriors, Graham Boylan. So they they probably want him to go, but they also don't want him to go. Because now if you go back to Liverpool, you go back to the Echo Arena, you can sell some tickets again for the redemption fight. If he goes to the UFC, you can't make as much money off of him. So it was a good and bad night for him because he loses in front of this very pro Pimblet crowd, but does not look good. And everyone now wants to take a step back. So a tough night for him. And uh, yeah, maybe we do have to press the brakes, but I don't think he was pushed too fast. We have to see where he's at. He's the champion. That promotion has sent many champions and many great fighters to the UFC. I don't think Narimani was a bad booking by any stretch, but uh, some people were telling me that maybe he needs to cool it on the the media and the attention and just kind of go back to the basics. He is 22, so let's not write him off just yet. And then, of course, there was WrestleMania on, on Sunday, which I did not watch, but New York Rick did. I will get his thoughts on that in a second. Let me run down today's lineup and then we'll hear from him. At 410, we're going to be joined by King Mo, who I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram. I just started. I didn't know he was on Instagram. It was hilarious to look at his Instagram. It's all pictures of him this weekend posing with wrestling legends. And he actually got a picture with Akeem and Slick as he said he wanted to do so. Uh, last week on the show. So he went from Chicago to Orlando, took in all the sights and sounds of WrestleMania weekend, went to the Ring of Honor show, but then also, as he said he would not do, went to Mania on Sunday. So Mo didn't stay true to his word there. Uh, We'll talk to him about the win, Bader, and going from Chicago to Orlando at 410. At 305, we're going to be joined by Khabib Nurmagomedov. I've been trying to get him on the show for almost a month now since he was forced to withdraw from UFC 209. Finally got him. Very excited to hear from Khabib at 305. At 245, we're going to talk to Ray Longo, of course, the head coach for one, Chris Weidman. Big fight, big week for them. And also it was announced on Friday that the UFC is going to Long Island. Just minutes from his gym, on July 25th, I believe it is. Is it the 25th? 20, no, 22nd, 22nd. Um, and that's a Fox show, Fox 25. 
That's why I said 25th. So that's at the new Nassau Coliseum there. So we'll talk to Ray about that. Kevin Lee will stop by at 225. It was announced late last week that he will be main eventing the June 25th Oklahoma City card against Michael Chiesa. So that's who Chiesa will be fighting. Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom himself, first time on the program. Stephen Thompson will be on at 205. Talk about his loss to Tyron Woodley, where he goes from here. We'll ask him about the Gunnar Nelson fight that was proposed by John Kavanaugh. 145 will be joined by Antonio Rodrigo Noguera, and this is fun. He has a new show coming out tomorrow on Fight Pass. Also, this week on Fight Pass, it's Pride Never Die Week because Saturday, April 8th, so in five days, marks the 10-year anniversary of the last Pride show. And coincidentally, Gegard Mousasi, who is one of 14 active UFC fighters who once fought for Pride, is fighting at UFC 210 on that date, April 8th. How about that? 14 UFC fighters right now on the roster once fought for pride. Remember that. So that's 145, Antonio Rodrigo Noguera. And at 125, excuse me, 145 for Big Nog, 125, Angela Lee, who is the one Adam Wade champion, been wanting to get her on the program for quite some time, 20 years old, actually born on my birthday, 1996, 1996. I was in the eighth grade going into the ninth grade. That's insane. July 8th, 1996, she was born. She's their 115-pound champion, undefeated, big star in Asia. Looking forward to talking to her. Also want to tell you that today's episode and every episode this month of the MMA Hour is brought to you by our good friends over at the Marines. How about this? Great to have them back in the mix. You see a hat right over there. There it is. Uh, The Marines, as you may know, are the fighting spirit of our entire nation, and that fighting spirit is what separates them from all other service members. Marines view every challenge as a battle and a fight to win, whether it's a literal, physical battle or a figurative one. Every Marine has the willingness to engage the determination and the determination, excuse me, to defeat any adversary. Failure is not an option. They will keep battling until they win. Good people over at the Marines helping us out once again, part of the family. We appreciate them very much. And of course, we honor, as you can see right over here, the great Brian Stan, the most famous Marine turned MMA fighter, former WEC light heavyweight champion. And as John Anik calls him, the greatest living American. Okay. Mr. New York Rick, are you there? Let's check in here. I'm here. Okay. So at the top of the show, minutes ago, I said 14 fighters on the UFC roster have once fought for pride. Why do I bring this up? A, because it's interesting. B, because it's a 10-year anniversary of the last pride show this Saturday. C, it's Pride Never Die Week on UFC Fight Pass. And D, because it's time we give out another prize to our very, very, very loyal listeners and viewers so what is are you the sure you want question? to do it yes i do want to do this they are very loyal okay they uh they've always know had they deserve back. it yet wow it's a heel turn it's a heel turn for i've been Ray. inspired i've been inspired by wrestlemania mm-hmm. um is it over yet wrestlemania <laughs> or is it still going i think uh i think they still have a match going right now yeah Okay, so this is the question. Name, it's quite simple. Name all 14 fighters on the current UFC roster who once fought for Pride. And the first person to get those 14 fighters correct 
will win three-month subscription to UFC Fight Pass free from the good people over at UFC Fight Pass. How about that? And there's yeah. a lot coming up. There's uh, UFC 210 prelims. You can watch all the Pride stuff this week. UFC 211, UFC 212, all fall under this three-month period. That's one hell of a deal. It is. All you got to do is know your stuff. Now, you, I actually asked you this question, so I'm not going to ask you it again, but you were stumped. You couldn't name them all. I could not name them all. Um, I did better than I expected when you first posed it, but yeah. uh, I could not name them all. Okay, so people will just have to tweet you all the names, and you'll tell us later on if anyone got it right. If no one gets it right, we're keeping this subscription. I'm trying to think. Maybe tweet's not the best way. Maybe What's comment section, just because there's going to be 14 names. That might uh-huh. be a lot for one tweet. You think so? Um, right. So what, what I want you to do is comment section of today's show post over at MMAfighting.com. That's where we're going to draw we're going to pull our uh, winners from so if you don't have an account sign up and uh post the 14 names there yeah don't be lazy all right it's gonna be fun i mean you'll you'll take a trip down memory lane i'll say there's some really really easy ones and there's some so there's some tough ones people that we don't really associate with pride Uh it's a it's a fun little exercise so if you want that uh free three-month subscription check it out go on the site Put down your 14 names and we'll fight pass for that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll let you know who won later on in the program. So uh, I actually asked Mr. New York Rick uh, when I got in, did you watch Bellator? He did not watch Bellator. I did not. So you don't know, you saw the pictures of Rampage. I, I've followed. Yeah. I, I knew the lead up to the fight for sure. This is the weird thing about Rampage right now. He's obviously getting up there in age. He's in the twilight of his career, but he's not losing dominantly he's not getting knocked out he just doesn't really seem to care he doesn't seem to care and yet he's still winning round two yeah um rocking king mo it's uh, bungalows it it's kind of the situation where it's more frustrating than sad like rampage the end of rampage's career is more at this point you know uh i, I don't want to speak out of turn but clearly we're on the the latter half of his yeah career. I think he he's he's talked about retirement it's yeah. not um but even in this twilight He's not really getting the doors blown off. He's kind of just there. Sometimes, you know, he'll lose a decision. He, he won't, you know, he won't get going. But it's not a situation where I feel like Rampage is the guy who we need to worry about. He's kind of uh, just listless, it seems. Um, but uh, still dangerous. Still, and, and it's, it's frustrating from the sense that you get the, you get the feeling that if he put in a little more time and trained yeah. harder at this point in his career, he could be winning these fights. But I, I don't, I think he's at a different point in his life where he just doesn't feel the need to. Um, and I, and I understand it. I understand it. I think he long- feels like he's been burnt. He's had, yeah. you know, manager issues, promotion issues, yep. and he just doesn't care. But I have no doubt if Rampage was motivated, and I know that's a big if, yep. and we could talk about, you know, other fighters, like this isn't the BJ Penn thing. No. You know what I mean? No. If he was motivated and went, to the UFC and fought in their 205 pound division. I don't like him at heavyweight because I feel like he just won't push yeah. himself. He needs to fight at 205. That's his weight class. That's where he was a champion. He, he would be, Although, I'd be conservative, top eight. Uh, for sure. Although if you're coming in two, Shogun is in the top five. He's coming in 250 something. Yeah. Um, Cause he doesn't care. Although the problem was yeah, booking the fight at, at, at heavyweight to begin with. I'm okay with him even fighting at heavyweight. I feel mm-hmm. like he could compete there too, but he won't, he won't push himself in training. That's sure. the problem. But is, is the weight cut, is he pushing himself for that? Or is he push? It seems like at this point in his career, the weight cut is more a deterrent than something that will motivate him to train harder than in the gym. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. I think he kind of just is who he is, which is a damn good fighter. Um, who, who, 
it seems like the, he, he's still viable in the game. It's just that, uh, he, you know, as you said, he's, he's, he's had such a long path here um, to this point that uh, he, he's a bit, you know, over it. Okay, so let's say he's motivated. Let's say he makes weight. Who would you favor him against? If he fought Shogun, who would you favor? What? Right now. If he fought Shogun in, in September. It, because Shogun's in that weird spot where... We mean like he's as if he was competing for the title back in those days? Like what do we mean? No, I'm saying 2017. What do we mean motivated. Not, not, not physically how he will look, but motivated. What do we mean by that? Is he Motivated like, to be back in the mix. He wants to get it toward a title shot. He's pissed off. Yeah. He's pissed off about how he looked, the jokes. He's mad. He says, okay, I have three fights left. Let's see where I go. I think... I favor him. I, I would favor him over quite a few guys in that division. I'm saying Shogun because I feel like Shogun's in that we Like Shogun versus Rampage actually makes the most sense at 205. If you look at the 205 pound division, you don't want to put Shogun in there against one of these killers like Rumble or Glover yeah. or Cormier or Jones. Manoa, I don't like that fight either. That actually makes the most sense. Yeah, if one... if if Of the two, if one guy's more likely to fall, it's going to be Shogun out of, out of that equation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... He just, it just it, feels like he doesn't want, and I don't want to make a guy stay if he doesn't want to be here, but um, it's yeah. a weird thing because it's rare that you just see a guy kind of go towards the end of his career and just stop caring. It's one thing to see them get knocked out and it like becomes like, like a Josh Koscheck thing. Yeah. Like you don't want to see this anymore. BJ, no, you don't want to see this. He's actually hanging and, and yeah. yes, he's not fighting the creme de la creme. You know, prior to this, he's fighting guys like Maldonado or Ishii. You know, he, these are yeah. fights that he should win. Uh, Lawal was a step up, and he still hung in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, round two could have yeah. been could have been it, um, and then he would have been uh, on the winning side of it. So, um, yeah, I agree. I think Rampage is a very unique case, and that's kind of been the the story of his career. Actually, there's there's very few, if any, like him. I'll say this about Bellator: I do think they've done a good job over the past two weeks of stealing headlines, of being in the news cycle, of putting together good fights, smart fights. I mean, even this uh, Dominic Mazzotta fight against AJ McKee, I love this fight. I mean, these are the kinds of fights that they need to put together. These are the kind of names that they need to sign a little early in their careers, etc. The one sort of black cloud, I think, hanging over Bellator, because I do think they've come a long way in the span of a year, let's be honest. Last year, this time, we're talking about Data 5000 almost dying in the middle of the cage and the Shamrock Gracie fight. When Coker goes up there at the press conferences and, and and talks about drug testing and talks about how they're regulated by the athletic commissions, this response did not fly in 2012, and it does not fly even more so in 2017. And, and you could say all you want about, hey, the UFC is with USADA, they pay USADA, it's a conflict of interest, it's not as independent as they may seem, it's a much bigger investment and a greater investment and a more significant investment into cleaning up the sport than whatever Bellator is or isn't doing. The commissions, they're not doing anything. And and it was interesting, like Mitrione brought up the fact that he was in Houston for the Super Bowl um, and he was randomly drug tested prior to the Fedor fight. Throw California out the window. California is the only commission in, in, uh, in the United States right now that is making a great effort into cleaning up the sport, whether it's drug testing or weight cutting reform. Andy Foster is head and shoulders number one. He actually cares about cleaning up the sport. He has the resources. He has the time, the resources. He's, he's a, a former fighter. 
came from Georgia, now in California, doing great things, actually changing the sport for the better. No ego involved. Uh, no one else is doing that. So, so don't compare California to New York. And then when Coker comes up there and says, hey, you know, we're regulated by the government. I mean, this is the same answer that Dana was saying, you know, five years ago, and it sounded silly then, it sounds even sillier now. And that's the one thing that I wish someone would get in his ear. Look, we can hold Bellator to a different standard as far as their cards are concerned. They haven't been around as long. They don't have the the talent pool, the roster. I mean, they're, they're working with, what, a, a five, six-year period, and the UFC has been around for... 24 years almost we can hold i'm i'm okay with that i don't think we can hold them to a different standard when it comes to drug testing it's all the same in my opinion especially with you know some of the the things that have happened in the past so uh, and the kinds of fighters that they've signed they they need to be held to a higher standard they need to be held to the same standard as the ufc if they want to go hire a third party to to drug test like the ufc has done and is going to pay them put them on the payroll i'd rather that than saying oh the commission is going to regulate us. It's, it's just, it, it doesn't fly. It doesn't fly when you're in uh, Italy this weekend or Budapest or Northern Ireland or England or, you know what I mean? It, it just doesn't fly anymore. So I, I feel like he needs to, to, to catch up with the times in that regard. That's the one thing that I'll say about them. Uh, how was WrestleMania, by the way? Long. That's it? That's your takeaway? To be honest, that's the only takeaway you can kind of have. Like whether you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it, the I think the story of the evening was it was uh, just long. Thought it was over, and then there were three hours more. Like it was it was very long. Huh? Um, not not that it wasn't enjoyable, but at a certain point you hit a wall. Like I I thought UFC events were long. This felt like an eternity. What was the best match? The best moment? Um, was it the Hardy Boys coming back? I saw that. People were very excited about that. Bill Goldberg was awesome. I love Goldberg because of uh, but he lost. Yeah, but for a guy his age to look like that and do what he did, shout out to that guy. Uh, JR getting some shine. Oh, yeah. Um, that was super cool. He got to call a match. Wow, is he back full time? No, I think it was just a one-off. They had you know Jerry the King also calling a match, and they had him call a match. Um, the matches themselves, John Cena got married. Yeah, that is weird. Or I just can't get into or, it. I want to get into it. I want to be a part of the conversation. I'm not trying to be some kind of hipster here, but I just, it's just too is, predictable. Is my favorite because, um, oh, because he was be on, on that challenge. show. Yeah. It's just too predictable. I, I, I feel like MMA gives me the same satisfaction. Mano y mano storylines. I want to see who the better man is, but it's unpredictable. I don't know what's happening this weekend between DC and Rumble. I don't know what's happening between Weidman and Musasi. I don't think, I don't think wrestling is always me... predictable, but sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go get our guest. Yes. One, I have bad news and good news. Okay. Bad news. Yes. Apparently it takes two days to register to our website to be able to comment. Oh no. This is some kind of vetting process. Okay. Good news. We already have some people who nailed it on the first go around, like within minutes of us, uh, answering it. I see one person, uh, there's, there's Marky McFly. There's quite a few on our, uh, all right on our page. So much for that. Um, and our own Esther Lynn is telling me that JR signed a two year deal. Oh, there you go. How about that? Breaking news. I love that. So wait, so how do they, so is it done? Are we shutting it down? I mean, we already have a bunch of winners. So. Was this an easy question? I guess there's, you could probably use the internet to figure this out in a few seconds. So okay. uh, All right. anyway, we'll talk, we'll talk about later who the winner is. How um, about this hot take as you go get Angela Lee from Campbell McLaren, one of the founders of the UFC and now heading up Combate America saying Bellator might be able to replicate the 1927 Yankees because many of their, whoa, 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 I lost it. Many of their big names were born around then. How about that? I mean, I get the zing. 
I get what he's trying to say, but um, I think that anyone involved in MMA these days, and I know that there's competition. How can you not be, I was talking about this on the beat. How could you not be happy that there is more competition? I think anyone in the UFC who's being honest would tell you that this is good for the sport. It's certainly good for the fighters. And I get it. Someone was saying to me like, oh, why do you care if the fighters have more options? I want to see all the fighters fight in the same organization. I want to see the best fights. And I get that. But you're being a bit of a selfish fan if you're saying that. And then he said to me, well, no one cares how much you make. Why should you care how much they make? They go into a cage. They punch themselves in the face for my enjoyment. I care how much they make. When they're 35 and have nothing else to fall back on, that bums me out. I could be an MMA journalist until I'm 70 if I want. No one's going to kick me out and say I have no use for you unless I just absolutely start sucking when, you know, at that point it becomes very, you know, justifiable to let me go. But in MMA, there is a shelf life. So I want to see these guys and women get as much money as possible in this short amount of time. And so I want there to be more competition. I want there to be more options out there like Combate, like One, UFC, Bellator, World Series of Fighting, the more the merrier. That's healthier for the business. That's healthier for the fighters. And so I understand if you want to see the best fight the best consistently under one umbrella, it's better, it's easier. It's easier to cover one organization. Ultimately, it's better for the growth of the sport, the fighters, everyone involved, if there are more options. Then you can get your market value. And in particular, when it comes to women's MMA, because there are less organizations out there who are home to the women fighters and they don't have as much leverage as the male fighters. If you're a 135 pound UFC fighter, how many places can you go to try to get the best money possible? Invicta is not competing with the UFC. There aren't that many options out there. Bellator doesn't have a bantamweight division. So I want there to be more places for the fighters to go. One is doing a great job and in particular with their women's division and in particular with Angela Lee. She is, in my opinion, their biggest star right now. They've done a fantastic job of building her up, especially in their Asian market, their home base. And I've been wanting to get her on the program for quite some time. And I'm very happy that she is joining us right now via the magic of Skype, I do believe. And it is very early over there in, uh, in Hawaii where she is joining us. Do we have her? We have myself. And there she is, Angela Lee. How are you, Angela? Hi, Ariel. I'm doing good. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show for the first time. I've been trying to get you on the show since I think when you beat May Amaguchi. It's been almost a year. You are a tough person to nail down. <laughs> yeah. Um, apologize. Um, you know, things have been busy, um, but I'm so glad that we could finally make this work. Do you, You're 20 years old, right? You're born actually on my birthday, July 8th, 1996, correct? Really? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great day to be born. I can't believe you were born in 96. That blows my mind. And, and you fight in a cage. Um, kudos to you for everything you've accomplished in just 20 years. But um, you don't usually wake up this early, correct? 20 years old, you don't wake up at 7 a.m. Actually, I wake up earlier than that oh. when, uh, when I'm in fight camp. So I'm, I'm actually okay with the time. Yeah, usually I wake up at like 5 a.m., so... Okay. Well then I don't feel nice. so bad. I appreciate it. Um, do you feel like you kind of live like this double life? Cause, cause I, I noticed like even when you Google your name, all these outlets in Asia are, are writing big features on you. There was a great feature on you, um, on, on CNN.com. And then I feel like when you come home to the United States, you now live in, in Hawaii. Uh, you don't maybe get that kind of attention because one just isn't 
you know, that household organization. Does it feel that way? Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe where you live now, you are a big star. You walk down the street and everyone recognizes you. Um, well, in the beginning, yes, it started out like that, where it was mostly all the media and press was done in Asia um, because that's where I fought. And then I'd come back home to Hawaii. But now, actually, I've been getting like a ton of support from everyone in Hawaii back home, um, from the news outlets and, and, and such doing stories on on me and trying to uh, help to promote it and to tell everyone here in Hawaii about it. Okay. So, I don't know. It's nice. I I don't really see too much of a difference. Of course, majority is always going to be in Asia and Singapore, but yeah. So they are catching up. That is good. Did you expect to be this big of a star at 20 years old or are you a little bit blown away by all of this? Um, I'm blown away by it, man. Every single day I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. This is my life. It's, it's crazy. And it, it all happens so fast. So, um, you know, just, really, really like incredibly grateful for everything that's happened. Some of your friends, other 20 year olds, what, what do they do? Are they in school? Do they have jobs? I mean, I'm sure they're not, you know, getting as much attention as you. What, what do they do? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're doing the college life and, and, um, I still keep up with them and, and, um, yeah, college life, part-time jobs, full-time jobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you feel like you miss that? Like you're, you're not able to be a regular 20 year old considering your occupation? Well, actually in high school, out of high school, um, like my first couple professional fights, that's what, you know, a couple days, you know, I, I would be like really thinking back to, to if I wasn't fighting, what would I would be doing? And, um, yeah, some days I, of course I'm like, I wish I could just be a normal kid, a normal girl. But now in my position where I'm at being a professional fighter, uh, you know, I'm, I wouldn't change anything. I'm so happy with, um, with what I do. One seems like the perfect promotion for you right now, given your, your, your family background and what they're trying to do over there in Asia. Do you think that if one wasn't around that you wouldn't have gotten into MMA this soon? No. Um, you know, after, you know, I graduated high school and I was, had my first amateur MMA fight. Um, you know, I knew that after about three, three to five amateur fights that I wanted to, you know, try and look to get into a bigger promotion. And, um, so if one championship, you know, if we didn't find one championship, it would definitely, we'd still continue with this career path. Did you, or anyone who, you know, works with you, did they talk to North American based promotions? And if so, were they not interested given maybe your level of experience, age, et cetera? Um, so my dad actually is the one who handles all of that for me. Um, and I kind of just left it to him to, to research, to, to do what's best. Cause I knew, I knew at the end of the day that he would have more knowledge and insight in which promotion we should go with. Uh -huh. Um, so I trusted him in that. And, um, yeah, so how it happened was that he actually had a connection at one championship. So that's how we got in through, uh, you know, Matt Hume. And, and your, your mother and father have a long history in the martial arts. Is, is it true that you actually spar with your mom? Like, does she actually get in there and, <laughs> and help you train for these fights? 
Yeah, so my mom, she's she's amazing. She's like super mom. Um, yeah, she's still in there. She trains every day. And um, she's like one of my main drilling partners. My little sister too. She's 12, but she's <laughs> almost my size already. So okay. um, I drill with my mom and my sister for, for a majority of my fight camps, as That's, well as my brother, Cushion. Yeah, uh, your brother also fights for one. But like when you're going with your mom and with a 12-year-old, your sister, does it feel weird to be going full force or is this kind of a blessing? Cause everyone kind of gets mad at their mom sometimes, you know, you want, so this is an opportunity to maybe punch her when in regular life, you couldn't do that. You'd get grounded. Oh my God. No, no, no way. Okay. Um, I mean, it's never like full, like the live sparring okay. that I would normally do with like other teammates. Um, but definitely for the, for the drilling, um, you know, hard drilling technique. Um, I like pairing up with them just because they've been um, doing martial arts for a long time too. So it's not like they don't know what they're doing. Right. Um, they got a lot of skills. So what, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's her resume in, in MMA and excuse me, in martial arts and what's her dad's? Um, my mom. So she originally, my mom and dad actually originally started out doing Taekwondo okay. and, um, they reached back belt level and then they were competing nationally and um, in Canada, they're representing um, the Canadian national team. Yes. But from there, uh, they actually expanded out to, they stopped competing because they had me and then they wanted to teach. They opened some schools and they didn't want to just teach one discipline. They wanted to teach a broader range of martial arts. And so they opened their own gym. Um, multiple gyms in Canada, actually. And from there, that's kind of where they started, um, you know, this whole, their evolution of MMA. And that's how I started. That's how I was brought up, um, you know, learning mixed martial arts as a whole. So. You were born in Vancouver and then you guys moved around when you were seven, right? To Hawaii? Yes, that's w correct. Wh why, why leave Canada? Great <laughs> life there. Um, I know. I, I love Canada. Honestly, I still have some relatives there. So we visit every now and then. But I think that, you know, my mom, she, my mom and dad, they met in high school over here in Hawaii. Okay. And um, they think they thought that it was a, a perfect place to, to raise a family. Yeah. So that's why I move. Well, I don't blame them. I love Canada too. It is a great place, but more opportunity here uh, in the United States. Your brother, Christian, also fights for one, recently suffered his, uh, his first professional loss. Do you like fighting on the same card? I know you've done this before with him, or would you prefer, like, I know the, the Pettis brothers don't like fighting on the same card. The Diaz brothers don't like fighting on the same card. What about you? Do you prefer it, or, or would you rather not? You know, I can understand why, because it's so stressful, and there's so much uh emotions on that night it's very um you know it's very crazy um but for me and christian actually we've been competing uh with each other you know in whether it be in tournaments whether it be in the amateur fights um since we were little so it's kind of something we're a little more accustomed to okay um i really don't mind i i actually like it because um i feel like it's it's like double the focus. It's, it's double the support and, and everything is when it's good. It's great. I mean, of course, um, we haven't had a bad night yet where, you know, that things have gone you yeah. know, not in our favor, but yeah, I think 
mostly it's my dad who who doesn't really appreciate when both of us are on the same card too much just because he has so much to deal with being um dad and coach of of two fighters that night right um when a when a mma fan looks you up here in north america they'll see that you're the one atom weight champion and they might think oh you're the 105 pound champion you're actually their essentially 115 pound champion um why do they do that by the way why don't they just go with the same weight classes as here in north america yeah, so it got a little, um, the weight classes, uh, they changed uh, last year. Um, so now it's kind of a, a range between 105 and 115. Uh-huh. So they have that, uh, like, yeah, some, some, because uh, they changed the weight class policy so that no one uh, can dehydrate to, to cut yeah. weight anymore. Yes. Um, because one fighter, you know, passed away last year. And, uh, you know, so far it's actually been a great change. Um, a lot of the fighters now there, I see them on fight week and they're, you know, not looking like they're about to pass out. They're healthy, you know, they're being responsible about their diet and their weight plan. And it's a much more, uh, healthy descent plan. I'd say. I saw an interview with, um, one founder, Shatri Sichotong, just a couple of days ago, and he was saying, I would like to throw this out there. I want to see Angela Lee fight Ioana Jacek, who's the 115-pound champion of the UFC. As we know, UFC doesn't often co-promote, but maybe those days are changing. Do you share that sentiment? Do you think that you are on the level of Ioana, or given your age and lack of experience, I know you're the champion, 7-0, I believe, but do you feel like you'd like a little more time before you're in that discussion? Um... You know what, I, I <clears throat> being one's um, champion and um, having talks about, you know, having a super fight with Ioana, with the UFC champion, is something that, you know, I'm, I'm all open for. I think that it would be a really great opportunity. And I think that, you know, for me, every day I'm just learning and growing and, and evolving even more as a fighter. And so it, it would be a really great fight. I would definitely look, look forward to that. So when you watch the UFC strawweights compete, you're like, yeah, the, these people aren't as good as, as me. I can hang. I could beat them, right? Even though they may get a little more attention here in, in the U.S., they're not on my level. Um, well, I think that because, you know, the UFC is like the predominantly the major organization here in North America, a lot of times other people don't, you know, pay as much attention to the other organizations yeah. and they might discredit. So I think that, you know, when I watch the, the fighters fight, I, I'm not necessarily say, oh, <laughs> I, you know, talk like that. Okay. But, fair enough. You no, know, I know that I connect them and I know that I could, I'm pretty confident in my skill set that I do well. I noted on, on the show after your, your last victory that it felt like there was a big improvement, um, from, from that fight. Uh, dating back to your win against Mei Yamaguchi, you, your striking seemed more on point. You were very aggressive on the feet. I mean, it just seemed like you've come a long way in less than a year, and you took a bit of a break after winning the belt. Did you feel the same way? Did you notice an improvement in your game? Definitely. And I think, um, you know, that was the perfect timing for me to to really go back and 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 upgrade my skill set. Um, you know, just really focus on on training and learning. Um, I was so glad that I was able to execute everything I wanted to do in that fight and um, really, you know, gain even more confidence in, in other areas of my skill set. So, and, and then you're coming back in late May. 
Um, so you're, you're making up for lost time. Why did you take, you know, that, that long break and why are you coming back so soon now? Uh, well, the long break, uh, after the title fight was because leading up to the title fight, I, I kind of fought pretty frequently, um, five times in less than, in a little over a year. So it, I don't know if that's right, but <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, it was really great to, um, you know, work so hard, just put your head down and grind, 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 and then have, you know, a little bit of break to spend time with my family, to relax, and then also upgrade my skills. Um, I wanted to jump right back into the fight um, after my one in, in March because I wanted to kind of just get the ball going and, and get back in there. You know, I'm used to competing, you know, I was used to competing so often, and so... Uh, I was really itching to get back in the cage. So um, after my last fight, I was like, let's line up another one if possible. So I'm really happy that I'll be fighting again in May. And there's a, um, an Olympic gold medalist who's walking you out, right? Is his name Joseph Schooling? Is that his name? Am I getting it right? Yeah, Joseph Schooling. Um, so he's from Singapore as well. And I think that, you know, it'd be really great to see, um, you know, to have the Singaporean crowd see you know, two world champions walking out to the cage and, It'll be really great. Um, have you have you met him? Yeah, I've met him before. I've actually um, right. <laughs> taught him some MMA moves. Oh wow! In the cage, <laughs> he's a nice guy. Yeah. So, are you are you actually friends, or did did one put this together? Um. Well, I've spoken to him on on a couple of separate occasions. So okay. I'd say more I'd than say friends. We're friendly. What's happening here? What are you trying to say to us, Angela? <laughs> No, no, oh, okay. No, no. Not like that. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Platonic friends. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Cause I, I said one, buddy. your buddies. Okay. That's what my son calls, uh, his friends in, in, in pre-K. Um, and so <laughs> how do you feel about the, the, the level of competition right now for you at one? Like, do you feel like there are enough people that you can, you know, feel challenged by, or would you like to see them go out and sign more women? Uh, well, going out and signing more women is, you know, is never a bad thing. I think that, you know, one championship, the women's division is, is growing right now. Yeah. Um, they do have a handful of fighters, but I would like to see those numbers increase in the next year or so. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, my next fight will be against Estela Nunez. Mm -hmm. and she's fought in, in one before. So I think that they're constantly recruiting more and more women, more female fighters and yeah, that's great for me, too. The rules are a little different. The scoring is a little different. Do you prefer that over the, 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 the scoring and the rules here in the United States? I do because I think it makes for more exciting fights because of the broader rule set. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I really appreciate, you know, especially, you know, when the knees are involved and because I'm, I'm, I love ground and pound so much. And so that's something that, you know, I appreciate with one's real set. Right. And, and what about, you know, these days, I know the Hawaiian fans are very thirsty for some big MMA fights to come. There used to be a ton with rumble on the rock, et cetera. Um, do you know, I mean, I feel like you'd be the perfect person to headline a show in Hawaii. Have they been talking about that? I know they, they stick in Asia, but have there been any talks of, of bringing the event with you involved to Hawaii? <laughs> oh, I ask them every time I see them, man. Yeah. I, I would love 
I would absolutely love it if the if one championship would come out to Hawaii and do a show. I think, you know, they do really well, especially because they have um, like four fighters from Hawaii um, that fight in one already. So, I mean, the numbers just keep growing. And especially with how much talent's over here, it'd be great to, you know, sort of for Hawaii fighters to see that there are other promotions that they can fight in and do well. In. Right. So what do they say when you ask them? Uh, they say, oh, Jeff, trust me, we want to go to Hawaii. It's always the same answer. Oh, okay. He's not going to say, no, I'm not going to go to Hawaii. All right. right? Keeping but, your hopes up. <laughs> yes. By the way, I read that um, when you were, I think, 16 or so, you saw Ronda Rousey fight and you were inspired by her. And she was one of the reasons, I mean, of course, your family, your mom and dad, but you felt inspired. Is, is that an accurate thing to say? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's so nice to see, um, you know, what she's done for women's MMA in the UFC in North America yeah. because that was something that wasn't there before at all. Right. And, um, you know, going to Las Vegas and, and seeing her fight live and, um, you know, I still have so much respect for Ronda and all that she's done. Which fight did you see her compete in live? Um, the one against uh, Misha. Okay, the second the one. one. Oh, the first one. The the the, first, the second in the UFC because that was in Vegas. The first was in Columbus in Strikeforce. Oh, the first in the UFC. Yes. Yeah, and so um, in your mind, are there any lessons to learn from Ronda? I mean, because she almost now, you know, left as quickly as she came. It doesn't seem like she's going to fight again, and I don't think a lot of people expected that. Um, a lot happened to her very quickly in Hollywood and things like that. A lot's happening to you very quickly. Do you try to look and and learn from the past and how other fighters dealt, even with Gina Carano as well? Are, 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 I know everyone's different, but do you feel like you're you're handling all of this well and like you won't leave as quickly as as you came like the ones before you? You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. You know, I mean, this sport that we're in, MMA, it's it's crazy. You know, it's full of like highs and lows and everything happens so fast. Yeah. I think that at the end of the day, you just kind of really make the most of your time and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna count you know I think that she's made the most of her time and and she's done amazing things in that time so uh, for me of course looking at um, you know Rhonda looking at Gina and they've had very successful careers um, of course I'm, I'm still young in my career so I, I I still want to you know run with this for for a while but uh, I think yeah, if anything, just make the most of your time. Mm -hmm. so, How long do you want to do this for? I don't know. It's hard to put an end date, you know? Yeah, you don't have I to. I feel like I could do it forever. Okay, uh, <laughs> so right now you're happy. I mean... Things are going well. Yeah, I'm very You don't want to do anything else? <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep beating up your mom? This is the best job. Yes, it is a great <laughs> job. And I know they treat you very well over there. Uh, Shatri's saying that you're one of the highest paid female fighters in the world recently, right? Yes, that was announced. <laughs> yes, life is good. How many fights did you sign for? Um, every, every contract is different. So with the contract renewal, um, it's kind of based on time. So. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I like that. That's better than number of fights. So they have to get you X amount of fights in a, in a short amount of time or if the time frame comes up, then you become you know, a quote-unquote free agent, right? Mm -hmm. This is very good. I would like to see that more here in the United States because you can't. You have yeah. a, a situation like George St. Pierre. The guy doesn't fight since uh, he signs a deal in 2011, doesn't fight since 2013, and they're still sticking to the same old contract even though he walked away from the sport. So very smart, very smart, Angela. Well done. <laughs>
Thank you. I mean, you know, it's it's great for the fighters when it's like that. And at the end of the day, as fighters, you just want to do what you love. You want to go out there and fight. And um, I think that should be the most important thing. Well, I, I wish you the best. It was great to have you on the show for the first time. Um, you're, you're killing it over there, and it's a lot of fun. I thought your fight, by the way, against Yamaguchi last year was one of the best fights of the year. I had it in my top five. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, what a great victory it was for you. And then the return uh, back in March was equally impressive. Best of luck to you in May. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for waking up relatively early, and uh, we'll talk to you very <laughs> soon. All the best. Okay, thank you so much, Ariel. I really appreciate you having me on. It was great talking to you. My pleasure. There she is, Angela Lee, just 20 years young, born on the uh, the best day on the calendar, July 8, 1996. What were you doing in 1996? She was born. Is that insane? Unbelievable. July 8, 1996, she was born. Now she's the one Atomweight champion. Great stuff there. And certainly a name to remember. Angela Lee, undefeated, returns to action in May for one championship. Okay, uh, let us move along. As we mentioned, big week for uh, Pride fans, for Fight Pass. It's Pride Never Die Week. And they've got a cool thing going on. All kinds of shows, documentaries. And like I said, name 14 UFC fighters currently on the Pride roster and you'll get three-month subscription courtesy of Fight Pass. One of the shows that is is coming out tomorrow is The Third Degree with Antonio Rodrigo Noguera. Big Nog going, six episodes, different countries learning about different forms of martial arts, and Mr. Big Nog himself, Antonio Rodrigo Noguera, is joining us on the phone right now. How about that? Rodrigo, are you there? Do we have him? Antonio Rodrigo Noguera, Bomgia. Okay, we lost him. We're going to get him back. Um, obviously made a name for himself in Pride. Defeated the likes of Josh Barnett, Fabricio Verdum. Of course, had the great fights against Fyodor Emelianenko, Mirko Krokop. The Bob Sapp fight was a real special one. One of the legends of the sport, Hall of Famer. I'll tell you what these uh, are these things. Yeah, I got some Pride stats. So the 10th anniversary of the last Pride show is this Saturday, April 8th, 2007. Number of fights in Pride, 566. Their 10-year run. Oh, Big Nog, are you there? Yeah, hello. I'm here, buddy. Oh, great to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing well, buddy. How about you, Nog? I'm Great doing to be on your show. It is a pleasure. It is a pleasure to talk to you as always. Um, so this is a big week for you. You've got your new show coming out tomorrow on Fight Pass, and it's the 10 year anniversary of the last Pride show. Let me ask you: When I say Pride, what do you think of? What's your greatest memory of Pride? You know, that was a show with a lot of a lot of you know put a lot of fans together. All the Japanese like you know future of like samurais. And, uh, you know, great fighters. By this, you know, time when I thought of it, there was a great heavyweight season, you know, and light heavyweight as well. We have, we have Rampage, we have Pantale Silva, you know, and then heavyweight, we have Beef, Pedro, Krokop, and all the guys. It was a great show, man, great time. And, uh, you know, I was in my, the prime of my, you know, career when I thought of it there. 
you know, challenges, you know, good challenging yeah. for them. And it was great, you know, I really miss Japan. When's the last time you were in Japan? You know, I just came back from Japan around last year. Uh, because it was filmed at third degree, you know, uh, you know the series. Yeah. You know, we have the two episodes while I was shooting in Japan. We shoot in Okinawa, it was, uh, was nice, and uh, uh, judo camps as well. They judo uh, tournament near best. Oh, wow. Okay, so so there are six episodes. You went around the world. What was your your, I guess, best experience? What kind of blew you away? As, as a veteran of martial arts, someone who competed for many years on the biggest stage possible, I saw, you know, some footage of you. Uh, I think you were in South Korea watching a Taekwondo exhibition. What really, you know, really spoke to you and got you excited doing this show? All them, like a son, you know, like you cannot say which one's the best because everyone get their own, you know, special experience. You know, I'll tell you, you know, the Muay Thai really, you know, involves you, you know, Muay Thai season of we'll film in Bangkok. Then we went to the side, you know, such as Mao Tao, close to Bangkok. So we filmed since uh, the tournament, like King's Cup, like, you know, who wins go fight for the king. And we, and we filmed also, you know, another very fancy tournament uh, over there. And then we filmed the, the Muay Thai industry, you know, like the tournaments and the, behind the temple. So we see how the, the, the simple people, the local ones, you know, go and have a fight. So it was amazing experience. And, you know, other other one was when we filmed the Judo University tournament. Who decided who's going to represent the Japanese team? in uh, the next Olympics. So it's kind of, you know, get the best judo guys. It was amazing experience, you know. Huh. Get inside, see the kishu of the judo people. Was, was was good too. So you currently work for the UFC and I think a lot of people were wondering, um, Rodrigo, what your role would be after Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes left. What is your day-to-day life like when you work? Like, do you go to an office and, and work with, with the UFC or do they just send you around? What, what exactly do you do for them these days? I do, you know, do work every day, man, you know. Every Monday morning I got a flight from Rio de Janeiro where I leave at the weekends and I got my apartment in Sao Paulo so I, you know, I go over there in Sao Paulo as the guest shops goes, you know. We look for good fighters and we send to the matchmakers, you know, all the weeks. You know, like advise who is the best Brazilian guys at the moment. We've been in contact with the other 82 Brazilian guys under contract in UFC. So we follow them, how they're training, how they're doing, if anyone get hurt, you know, how the situation there in UFC, how they're going to be ready for fight. And we, we follow up them least, you know, once a week, every fighter. I have a guy who works with me, his name is Danny Marsh, James Martin. So him and me, you know, we kind of follow the fighters. And uh, when they get to the, like, the drug tests, you know, any, like, a payment, you know, uh, problem, any things like this, we, we, we try to solve. So we've got a department with, like, athlete, you know, performance department. Wow. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing well. I'm very excited. We're excited. I'm a worker, man. I'm a worker, man. <laughs> do, you think, do you think if you didn't have this job, you'd still be fighting? No, 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 man. You know, my, my hip is not kicked. So, Your hip? You know, I, 
unless my hips, you know, I have a hip surgery. Yeah. And then, you know, my last three fights wasn't 100% anymore. You know, so I was, my last fight, I said, I decided, I decided you know, give up. And, uh, you know, I talked to the Dana, and I, then I say, you know, man, uh, I talked to Dana about, like, you walking, you know, like, I don't walk. And said, man, uh, come walk with us. We need you in Brazil also. So Brazil is the second sport uh, MMA, and I love to be working for them. You know, it's, mm. uh, and uh, we, we we got a, like a uh, uh, online show in the uh, internet also once a week, and we we plan to make two more shows. You know, like uh, news something like this. All right. Um, and so when you watch some of the other fighters who you competed against and your brother is still fighting. Do you ever sit and watch, man, I, you know, I wish I wasn't banged up. I wish I could still go. Or do you feel like you've had enough and, and that itch is not there anymore? You know, I, I, of course I miss fighting, you know, but that was, you know, that was my life. Now we copied in camps. I love, you know, the fight, but camps, you know, like, you know, losing weight, you know, you miss, you, you measure your body fat, you measure the power of, some position, prove something, but uh, you know, doesn't matter how much you train. If you can get that, you cannot do the same performance, right? Because your body doesn't help. You know what I mean? So that's why I stopped. You know, my body wasn't help anymore. You know, my hips was was at the same speed, like foot speed. You know, the fight you you measure how much you can get inside and outside. You don't know that hit anymore. You know. Said I was losing that, you know, I was getting much heat. What about when you watch your brother? Would you would you like for him to stop fighting, or do you think he should still keep fighting? You know, he's in good shape. He's a good training. You know, he's not. He's not have any like big injury like I had. You know, that broke his arm or something like this. You know, but still moving fast. Right. And he still can do you know, the fights. He's sits at the top of his weight division. Another Brazilian idol, Vitor Belfort, is coming to the end of his uh, career, and he's floated the idea of a legends division. And you said recently that you like this idea. You wouldn't really take part in something like this, right? I mean, you know, he, he's a Vitor is a great fighter. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, he fights someone like he's like five or twenty-five years old. It's, it's going to be like hard for him. Sure, than what he thinks, you know. And uh, but of course, if they they make like a fight, fighters in the forties, you know, that age fight, why not? You know, like you know, fighters in the same, yeah, same like same level of like you know quality, but not changing rules. You know what I mean? Like not mix it up. I think I think it's not bad. I like getting my trap, like time my trap. You know, uh, you know, fights like that. I don't think it's a bad idea. For, you know, for, for I'm not. I'm not fighting anymore. <laughs> I'm not telling you to do, but you know, thinking about about him, what he said, that makes sense. Makes sense, you know. From from what you understand, uh, is the UFC considering this? I never talked with the UFC about it. You know? I never talked with the UFC about it. Okay. We never talk about that, you know. But it's just what people say. So I'm telling you know my. My personal opinion, sure. not my like UFC employer opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. My personal opinion, as as a, as a athlete, you know, 
But now that my working part, you know, I never even talk to UFC about it, you know, but I don't know what the directors think, you know. Is there a name or two as far as the Brazilian fighters are concerned right now? Because you know, you know, a year or so ago, there were people saying, oh, what's happening to Brazilian MMA? There was, at a time, I think one champion, maybe no champions. Now we're starting to see more coming back. But is there a name or two that you really think this guy is, or, or this female is going to be a, a, a champion in a couple of years, a prospect, if you will, currently on the UFC roster that you're very excited about? You know, some some guys. You know, we have some uh, some. You know, medium generation was like, to me. You know, the we had that generation where it was like me. You know, Anderson, Shogun, and other guys started first in the UFC. You got the Jacare and Pena. Those guys, they're almost there. You know what I mean? They covered. They they had them to top up their division. Yeah. You know, the good matchups they can get there, you know what I mean? Jacare is ready to, Dame is ready to also, so Brazil can come back with uh, more titles. You know, Aldo just got, got back his belt. He's in a good time, you know. Uh, and yeah, it's more, 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 it's coming up, you know, Thomas Almeida was doing well, but he got the champ in front of him, so he lost it, he stepped back again, and he will try, you know, to keep Thomas in spirit. That's a kid, Renato Moicano, you know, uh, he's from Brasilia. He's going to fight soon in UFC. He, he's really good. I think he's really complete fighter, you know. I, li- I kind of like him, the way he his style. You know, it come some always appear a new guy. UFC just contract the eight new guys in the past year, you know. And I, I always think, you know, they do really well. Jessica, but Staka, uh, the girl, you know, she's doing well. She's going to fight for the title. Yeah. You know, I think the Brazilians, you know, is doing well right now. Okay. Doing good. Um, and, and going back to Pride, what's your favorite fight? Favorite fight that you were a part of in Pride? Me, uh, I like me and uh, Miku Kokop. Okay. You know? Fight, fight, fight them, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't the best time in my career, you know, he was upcoming, really, like, you know, strong, he's like, he was like, you know, undefeated, so that is important, you know, I like me and uh, Harry Thomas, yes, you know, by them too, you know, in the fight, fight tournament, I like my, you know, my two fights, three fights with Fredo, was a good expense as well, you know, since I lost two fights, but, you know, it was all tough fights. So, prove, you know, myself, I was, I was, I was in shape, you know, it wasn't good. My first fight with Pedro, I have a really bad problem, you know, I couldn't train that much. But the second one and the third one was really good, you know. Can I tell you what my favorite fight was for you in Pride? My f- I like Bob Sapp, too. Yeah, that was the you one. Know, Bob, Bob Sapp. That was my favorite one. Yeah, now was was by then he was on the period too. You know, just started by he just came out from K one. He beat he beat up uh, he beat up uh, Ennis who's you know the the more K one guy. So he he was in a you know good shape, good time. You know, what a great time that was. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a great time. I regret not being able to go to any of those events. Um, it, it's just it's it, it's just a, a little different, and I'm sure there are times where you kind of dream about the. I mean, when there's fifty thousand people watching you, millions on on television, 
hard to recreate that. Do you think that we'll ever get back to that point in Japan, or do you think they'll, the, it'll be impossible to recreate that magic? I mean, I was, you know, really, uh, really, you know, love to, because Japan is a special country, you know, okay, Japan was a special country, you know, people love Japan, uh, they love MMA over there, you know, they teach you the country, you know, and uh, like, like in, in the past, you know, like in the history of the country, we are like, the Japanese, have, there was farming people working the farm, you know, business people, uh, you know, and uh, and then the kings summarized the fighters. It was in the top of the, you know, the, you know, the, the people over there. So they believe the fighters, they still summarize, you know. So it's very, like, you know, cultural, the fighting people there. Hmm. Uh, where are you going? You have a, an open workout or something to do with Jose Aldo? Is that true? Yeah, I'm going to the Jose Aldo. We put in the ladders of UFC up there in the Sugarloaf. You know, and also they're gonna put the letters of UFC next next two three weeks, and the Corcovado is like in the Chrysler that in the real. Oh. so it's, you know it's really cool. You know, it's, and you know it's gonna be, you know, I think there's an Aldo going by helicopter over there. He is a superstar in Brazil. Now. Wow, and you're gonna meet him there as well. Yeah, I'm gonna be there in the open, uh, you know, open ladders for UFC. So important for us, you know. Okay, well, the team for UFC for uh, for uh, you know make the shows. They really doing well here in the shows in this year. Well, good luck with that. I'll never forget it, uh, Big Nog. When you fought Brendan Schaub there, UFC 134, there were people crying. I've never seen anything like it. People crying after you beat him and throwing beers and things like that. I never had a chance to watch any of your fights in, in Japan, but that's a memory I'll never forget, how much they loved you, and I, I'm sure you still feel that love. Did you notice that people were crying as well? It was such an emotional moment. There were, there were media crying next to me after you beat Brendan Schaub. What a moment that was. I know, I know, man. I know. I was like, was uh, I had a hip series in the same year, so I have a, a like ACL, a knee injury, and then two hip series, like you know, three seizures together, and I, you know, and I was walking the crutches for six months. Crazy. And then I had like three, four months to get ready for the fight, you know. So, you know, people knows that we was feeling like a documentary about like you know. But never give up, you know, like, you know, and people was watching that and that uh, Brazilian, you know, was, was showing images by Canal Combate, that's a channel here, yeah. of fighting Brazil. So people knows, so, the, uh, you know, I called me and they see me walking the crutches, they fight over there. I was, you know, was good coming back. Amazing. Um, Big Nog, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Good luck with the show that comes out tomorrow on UFC Fight Pass. It's called The Third Degree with Minotauro Noguera. Good luck with what you're doing and always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Obrigado. Thank you very much. I wish you guys enjoyed the Thursday. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, all right. There he is. Antonio Rodrigo Noguera. So it's Pride Never Die Week. This is what it looks like. Uh, Pride Fighting Decade, a two-hour documentary, airs today on UFC Fight Pass. Tomorrow, six episodes, 40 minutes each of the third degree with Minotauro Noguera. Wednesday, Big Nog picks his top 10 Pride FC fights. Thursday, new episode of 2020, which is kind of like their pop-up video on Don Fry versus Takeyama. Then on Friday, Don Fry picks his top 10 wildest 
Pride Fights. And then Sunday, it's a new episode of Fightography, Dan Henderson, focused on his two Pride title victories. So six episodes of The Third Degree. You'll recall first season was with Kira Gracie. She got pregnant, so they called upon Mr. Big Nog himself. Filming took place late last year. There's plans for another season. Uh, got a chance to see some of the episodes. Very cool stuff, especially if you are a fan of all things martial arts. So it's Pride Never Die Week. There you see some footage from South Korea. And Big Nog is a big part of it. Again, 14 UFC fighters currently on the roster once fought for Pride, 10-year anniversary of Pride 34, the last Pride event this Saturday. And wouldn't you know it, Gegar Musasi, I'll give you one, is fighting on that card, former Pride fighter. So a cool time to reminisce about the good old days of Pride. All right, uh, let's move along. One man who knows a thing or two about martial arts and really has a passion for the martial arts, not this new stuff, MMA, the old school stuff. Our next guest, Wonderboy Thompson, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, good to talk to him. Have been wanting to talk to him for uh, the last few weeks, and we got a hold of him. He is joining us now via the phone. Stephen, are you there? Doing, yes, sir. I'm here, man. How's, how's everything going? Everything's great. Thank you very much. How's everything with you? You had knee surgery around a week ago, correct? Yes, I had knee surgery about I was uh, last Tuesday. Well, yeah. And to be honest with you, I was back up on it the next day, hit the bag. So. Wow. Getting back in the swing of things slowly but surely, actually pretty quick. But they gave me four to six weeks, and hopefully we'll 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 get that in four. But we'll see. Um, I got a good physical therapist here, and strength and conditioning coach is on the same level. So, uh, man, it's been the best to get back out there and do it again. What exactly was wrong with your knee? Um, in the fifth round against Tyron, I get hit and I fall kind of like straight down my knee kind of buckles uh out to the side i ended up tearing my mcl and a short uh, meniscus tear whoa and i didn't feel it till about two to three hours after the fight after the drill and everything uh you know uh, kind of wore off but uh, i knew there was something wrong with it i've had uh several knee surgeries on my left knee so i kind of knew what that felt like and i got an mri they said it was torn mcl and uh torn meniscus so it was a real quick surgery uh nothing too crazy i got two little incisions on my knee and uh, I was in and out. Have you watched the fight again? I have. I have watched the fight a few times, actually, with my pops and my coaches. And uh, Yes, man. And uh, You know, I, to be honest, I was a little disappointed. And, you know, the call, I, th- I thought I had three of the two. But, you know what, it is what it is. And we'll get back out there and do it again. What is it like? I mean, I know you say, okay, you you thought you had three of the two um, and you're disappointed, but is it frustrating to watch that? Because you you may have heard people were critical of the fight. They didn't think so highly of it. And you've never really been in that kind of discussion. Your fights are usually very, very, very exciting and highlight real stuff. Is it frustrating? Do you share that sentiment or do you not quite understand when people criticize this particular fight? Well, you know, we are in the, in the entertainment business and, uh, you know, from the, the audience standpoint, it, it, you know, it was a fairly slow fight and they're there to see people get knocked out. Well, <laughs> when you're, when you're out there in the octagon, you got to kind of, you know, it, it's a little different when you're out there, you know, I mean, especially when you're fighting against somebody as powerful as, as Tyron Woodley, who can, you know, knock you in the next week with one punch or, or if he wanted to take you down and hold you down there, he's just, he's that, you know, he's got that kind of power. So you've got to be, uh, you know, fairly smart stepping out there with somebody like that. Uh, and, and so do you feel like fans have, I don't know, maybe 
their expectations are a little too high. Like you, you can't just be rock'em sock'em robots out there. They don't quite understand that when you're fighting at the highest level for a belt, this is your second opportunity in a row. Like you have to be a little more measured, a little more. Like do you do you feel like they're they're kind of wrong here, or do you when you look at the fight objectively, you say, you know what, maybe that maybe that wasn't my best effort. Um. I think so. I mean, I think they're gauging it on what the first fight was like. The yeah. first fight was pretty crazy. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, we, but then again, me and Tyron both learned a lot from each other from that fight. So we knew what to do, what not to do. Um, you know, for me, it was, you know, this guy is going to be a little bit more aggressive going into this fight. I think he even said he was going to be a little more aggressive. So I was waiting for him to, you know, to, to commit and uh, me counter off of him. But I didn't expect him to back up pretty much the entire time. Mm. So, um, and, and, and then again, since he was backing up, I knew he was waiting for me to come in. So I would run into his right hand. Same thing I did in the first fight. He ended up knocking me down twice, you know, doing that. So it was kind of like, it, it was very, uh, slow, uh, that fight. But then again, there, there was a reason for that. You know, um, there were times in there where I think I could have pressed a little bit more, uh, going back and watching it, but it's different going back and watching. You can say, you know, I should have done that. I should have done this. But when you're out there, it's it's completely different, you know? Honestly, I wasn't surprised, but I was very impressed with how you handled it. I mean, you showed up to the press conference. These these things impressed me. And you were able, I mean, you were obviously disappointed, but I mean, here you are, second crack at a belt, and it's so close once again, like the first fight. And you were able to almost like see a silver lining and everything, and, and and keep a you know a happy face on. Was that how you were you were feeling internally, or were you really hurting? Because you know it's it's a bit of a road back now, two in a row. It's not going to come you know tomorrow. How are you able to to right. be so positive about everything after you know a, a frustrating fight in which you say now you you thought you won? You know. There's a lot of things I was very disappointed, and I'm and I'm I'm fairly good at at, at hiding it. But then again, I've got uh, a great support system around me, man. My, you know, my family, and and uh, you know, win or lose, I know when I go home, my my family's still gonna love me. My my uh, students are still gonna love me, and um, uh, you know, we'll we'll work our way back up. You know, it depends on how uh, you know who I fight these next two fights, and hopefully, it's the people I want to fight. Um, you know, how I finish them will determine whether or not or how fast I get that next tower shot. Mm. But I know that I've, I, I always improve after every fight. I know I'm going to be better after that fight. And uh, when we do it again, no matter who's got the belt, it's, it's, uh, I'm going for it, man. I'm not giving up on it. it so, is- you know, I, I've always been a very positive guy and, and um, move forward from things. You can't look back on it and dwell on the past. Even even if it you know it happened an hour you know an hour ago, you still got to keep moving forward and and um, you know what happened happened and uh, I can't go back and change it. Is a part of you a little happy that your next fight one hundred percent will not be against Tyron? I mean, was this whole process a little exhausting with him? It was. I mean, just with the whole you know not really knowing where his hatred for me. I don't think I don't think it was hatred, but. Um, you know, uh, of course, I know a lot of it's, it's hype in the fight. But, yeah. Um, you know, the 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 bad talk uh, from him was coming from about me. You know. Yeah. It's like you know, it's like come on, it's kind of it's kind of getting kind of tiring, but uh, it's part of the game, and that's something I that's the first time I've I've, I've actually experienced 
a little bit of that at this high level uh, uh, in the game. You know, it's nothing compared to what, you know, Conor McGregor and his opponents have to go through. But, <laughs> but you know, it, it was a little different. It was a little different. So, f- yeah, man, I'm, I'm, right now I'm just excited. I'm, I'm focused on healing up. Uh-huh. But I am excited the fact that I will be facing a different opponent, um, you know, a different look, somebody different to prepare for. Uh, so all that is, is going to be new and, and exciting. Do you, do you feel, in hindsight, like he ever crossed the line with anything he said? No, I mean, there was really no crossing the line. It, it was it was other things that were involved that were talked about with it, you know, the race and things like that. Yeah. Something I did want to kind of, I did want to get into. I know he was bringing it up, but at the time I was just focused. I was, I was hoping that he wasn't too focused on that and not about the fight and, you know, worried about, hey, man, is this guy going to be 100% stepping out there? Okay. Uh, where, where I think most opponents were were probably the opposite. They, they want tired and confused or are distracted so that, you know, hopefully it will, it will show in the fight, but you know, I want to fight the best. I want to fight the best tyrant. And I was, you know, I just wanted him to be focused on not those things but just focused on the fight. That was it. Okay. So you've, you sort of hinted at, you know, two more fights, get back in the mix opponents that you want to fight that you're excited about fighting. Do you, I mean, it, it sounds like you kind of have a name on your mind. Am I, am yeah, I, am I accurate man. here? What do you got? You are, you're accurate. I, oh. I think me and Robbie Lawler, Oh, would, uh, I think that would be a, an awesome fight, man. What do you think? I like that fight. I did. I did. Honestly, I didn't really think yeah. of that one. Where did this come from? You know, um, just, just, I think, you know, he's a striker, even, even Carlos Condon or, or Nick Diaz. And, uh, just give you something, uh, you know, I, I love to stand there. I love to strike. I love to bang it out. And, yeah. and with these guys, you don't have to worry about the rest. You don't have to worry about the take. Now they may try something, but they're not notorious for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it's, I just think it would be really exciting, really fun to prepare for. And, you know, Robbie Lawler has definitely held the title for a long time. And, um, I just hope he's, he's healthy. And cause you haven't heard a whole lot from him, you know, yeah. uh, since, the, since the tyrant fight, you're in car or even Carlos Condit. So, um, you know, I think those guys, you know, top five guys is what I'm looking at. I know Damian Mai has got a fight with Mods Vidal. And, um, it's been a while since probably Lawler's fought. So, Hey man, let's, let's, let's get this thing going. Have you floated this idea to the UFC? You or your management? Oh, definitely. I definitely floated that to my management company. I know there was some talk about, you know, uh, Gunnar Nelson calling me out, but yep. you know, he wasn't on my radar. Just the fact that, you know, the top 10 guys that he's faced so far, he's, you know, beat him you know Damian Maya I think it was Rick Story beat him as well so he wasn't on my radar it was those top guys who you know who's had the titles you know Carlos Condon's a legend in the game and you know, it would be awesome to fight him but Robbie Lawler said you know I think that would be fun that was the guy I was originally wanting to fight when he had the title to right with. yeah and um you know I was looking forward to that it never happened so now it could be a possibility so I was throwing that name out there to my management they were cool with it so hopefully they'll get in contact with one of his management see where he's at where his mind's at Hopefully he's healthy so we can get this thing going. So, so you was- haven't heard back. You don't know if this is something that, because I know he's back to training. He's now training with Henry Hooft in Florida. He changed teams. He's no longer with ATT. There's been some videos that have surfaced of him. So it sounds like he's getting back into it, but you haven't heard back from the UFC if they're on board with this idea, if they like it. Nothing yet. No, it was kind of fairly new right after the surgery. I just kind of threw it out there. And that was something I was thinking about too. Um, you know, uh, directly after the fight, he's like, Hey man, you know, and, and there was a lot of talk on social media saying that would be a cool fight. So, you know, that's a good idea. So let me pitch this to my management company 
and uh, so hopefully get something going with the UFC. So I know they 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 were looking to contact his management. I don't know if that's been done yet. Okay, but uh, yeah, man, it's a possibility. So I think that would be a really exciting fight. And you know, Robbie Lawler is the type of guy who presses the action. You know, he's not afraid to step out there and just let it fly. And those are the fights I love. Are are we officially poo pooing the Gunnar Nelson idea? Are you not down with this? You know, as of right now, it just wasn't on my. Yeah, he did great against, um, you know, uh, was it uh, Alan Javon? Yep. Um, so he's ranked number nine, I believe. But yeah, at the time, it, even right now, he just wasn't on my radar. It, the top, top top two guys that he's fought that were in the top ten, he's lost to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I was, you know, I'm still ranked number one. So uh, some of those top guys, top five, would definitely be it. I think, you know, I, in the future, I believe we will face each other. I, I really do believe that. I think he's. He's an amazing fighter, man. Very well-rounded, good, great jujitsu and good striking. We do have a very similar uh, um, uh, style, you know, that karate style, that blitzing movement, hands down. And um, so I, I do think that it, it could be a possibility in the future. Now that your title fight is over, is there a part of you that feels bad for Damian Maya? Like, don't you feel like he kind of already earned his shot at the title? I think so. I mean, golly, he's beating up. Mean, <laughs> look what he did to Carlos Condit. Right. He just destroyed dudes. You know, once he got went back to, to how, he, how he used to fight, you know, a lot of the grapplers, they, they, they get a little boxing. They're like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to go out there and use his boxing, knock these dudes out. And it's just not what they, you know, what they're known for, what they're good at. And once he came to the 170 division and got back to his grappling, which is just a he's been crushing dudes. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was kind of weird. And, that he took the fight with Masvidal. I figured he would wait, but I think, you know, I don't think he expected the, the draw between me and Tyron, which yeah. means he would have to wait, you know? So I think he, maybe that definitely uh, threw him off a little bit. And I think he wanted to stay busy. So why not fight again? But I didn't expect him to do that. I figured he would wait. Now you're, you're a good friend, essentially family member, Chris Weidman, your brother married his sister. So that doesn't technically make you brother-in-law or him, your brother-in-law, does it? Or, or does it, does it, I don't know. It's confusing. I don't know how that is. I know we call each other brothers. Okay. I mean, we're very close. <laughs> we I, I won't take it away from you. I just didn't I know. know like, that technically. Yeah. Um, technically it's called your, you know, my brother-in-law because my brother married his sister. I don't know. We just know that we're family. So we just call each other. That's brothers, cool. Man. Yeah. And we're very close. And man, let me tell you, this guy is, He's so focused, man. He, he's, uh, I mean, he, I don't know if you saw the picture of him on, on, on uh, Instagram. The guy is looking phenomenal, man. He's like, he's, he's ripped, he's shredded. He's ready for next week, and I'll be there front row cheering him on. Okay, so that was my question. Are you going to the fight in Buffalo? You're going to be there. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Me, my brother, uh, Colleen, his wife, his honey, uh, my brother's uh, wife, obviously, is going to be, um, is gonna be uh, you know, out there. Okay, yeah, looking forward to it. You haven't, I mean, early in his training, like, did your training camps coincide at all, or did you guys not work together? I know now you can, but did you, or, or, like, before your fight, did you uh, work with him? Excuse me, excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry, but I think there's a tornado coming my way. Legit? Um, yeah, I'm in South Carolina, and it's getting pretty crazy. They're having everybody run in, run in the building. Okay. <laughs> I'll stay on with you, though. Yes. <laughs> a legit tornado is happening right now. I. I'm pretty sure, man. Wow. Yeah, everybody's running in. It's Are you safe? Getting crazy. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm like actually picking up kids. I'm on the bus talking with you, man. <laughs> Holy smokes. So, they're like, everybody run in. Come in, come in, the, uh, in the building. So can you give us a play by play or is that irresponsible? I'm, I'm running in now. I am running in now. Is this a common thing? No kids. 
Uh, no, to be honest with you. Actually, you know what? It's crazy. As long as I've lived in Simpsonville, there's never been a tornado. But like this year, there was there was like three that hit down um, right in front of our school, to be honest with you. Didn't do any damage, but it was pretty crazy. So they haven't just run into the elementary school right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's wild. kind of crazy. What is it like outside? Yeah, is it very windy? Right. Oh man, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much black. It's it's dark out right now. Like it's uh, nighttime. What are you supposed to do it's, when it's a tornado? Like we don't get those in New York. No, I, I bet you guys don't. So it's pretty crazy, man. So now I'm just sitting here chilling with some kids that are sitting in the hallway. Are you nervous? Nah, to be honest with you, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's that hallway. I mean, that, that close. Okay, so we'll see. We'll see what's going on. Wow. Okay, let me ask you one question, and I'll let you go. Okay. Oh, maybe we're going to lose him because of the tornado. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Did you know, uh, let me ask you, did you know that Josh Donaldson was going to leave spring training and fly to go see your fight and then fly back from Florida to Vegas? Did you know that? Um, uh, we did, you know, I did a workout session with him. Yeah. I told Dana White, he's like, hey, I want to be the one to put the... So he actually left spring training, flew there. He literally flew there, was going to for the flight and fly right back. And uh, which is kind of crazy. Actually, I have to go on. I think he ended up going the other way. But man, let me tell you, after the first time I met the guy, this guy's super cool, very relaxed. He's, he's loving the MMA game. And uh, he actually is doing some cross training, doing some striking, and wants to get some more training in with me, which I think is pretty cool. So uh, yeah, man, I knew he did that. Uh, and uh, that was a definitely. Uh, put a smile on my face, man. Amazing. Amazing. I hope that you go to one of his games, do some, uh, some batting practice. Oh, it's already planned. It's already planned, my friend. Okay. When are you going? We're going to be, we're going to be doing it. Um, well, after I, you know, when, once the knee gets healed up and I can pivot pretty good on yeah. it, um, he's going to give me a call, which game exactly to go to. It's going to be a home game. So I actually get on the field and do some practice with those guys and maybe even take the, the, the whole team through a, through a, um, an MMA practice. Wow. That is great. All right. How's yeah. it look outside now? It's going to be fun. Actually, I'm inside. I have no idea. Do I have no idea? But I can hear the rain just come. Oh, my gosh. Going out the window. So, as of right now, they're telling kids to be quiet. I'm not sure what's going on. What a person, man. Okay, well, be safe out there. Uh, we're thinking of you. You're the consummate pro. I expect nothing less from you, Stephen. Thank you for doing this and, 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 and for continuing with the interview. But uh, go, go, go be safe and take care of those kids. They're lucky that they're with you. Of all people, I want to be with, I want to be stuck in a school with Wonderboy Thompson during a tornado. That's the guy that I want on my side. Thank you. Uh, get well soon and looking forward to your return. All right. Thanks, my friend. All, all right. Pleasure. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. How about that? Wonderboy Thompson in the middle of a tornado. Honestly, I mean, is there, is there, is there a more professional person in this sport than Steven Thompson? I mean, the guy's in the middle of a tornado. He says, excuse me, and then runs inside into a school with kids. I've never been in a tornado before. Like I said, they don't have a lot of those here in New York or where I'm originally from in Montreal, but how about that? I hope everyone's okay. Severe weather, chance of tornadoes on Monday. This according to... Who sent me this? Shiz the Spliz. WCNC. This is in Charlotte. We'll wake up to the... Ple- uh, Charlottetons will wake up to pleasant temperatures Monday morning, but incoming severe weather is causing concern in the region. 
Strong and severe thunderstorms. Tornadoes were tracking across Louisiana Monday morning and heading west. Well, I hope everyone's okay out there. That was a first. That was a first for the MMA Hour. Stephen Thompson versus uh, Robbie Lawler. Of course, you'll recall that after Stephen Thompson beat Roy McDonald back in June, he said that he wanted to fight Robbie next, and Woodley was not too happy about that. But I think that was him just, you know, if I'm being honest, I think that was him just kind of saying, oh, you know, this is the fight that interests me a little more based on the Styles matchup. And he sort of alluded to that once again in saying who he wants next. So anyone who was hoping for that Gunnar Nelson fight, which I certainly would, would love to see, sounds like he's interested in seeing it as well and being a part of it. Right now he has his sights set on the former uh, welterweight champion, Robbie Lawler, who we have not seen in action since he was knocked out by Tyron Woodley back on July 30th, UFC 201. He has resurfaced. He has resurfaced with Henry Hooft. A couple of videos of him working out with the combat club. And it sounds like he's getting his feet wet again. Sounds like he wants to fight again. So maybe they'll do that. Maybe for later on this year. Interesting stuff. Not the kind of fighter that we usually hear call outs from Wonderboy Thompson. Says he wants to fight Robbie Lawler. And again, I hope everyone's okay out there. Amazing that he's stuck with the interview. I would have said, you know what, guys? It's time to go. But he doesn't do that. All right, uh, let's move along. As we said at the top of the show, June 25th, Oklahoma City. They now have their main event. It's Michael Chiesa, who you heard from a couple weeks ago on the program, against Kevin Lee. The Motown phenom has been killing it as of late, coming off that win over Francisco Trinaldo, currently on a winning streak, getting a big opportunity now against one of the top-ranked lightweights in the UFC. Never had him on the show before, wanted to talk to him, and he joins us now via the phone. Kevin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Kevin, how are you? What's going on? I'm all right. Good to have you on the show. Congrats on the big fight. Um, did you? What was your reaction when you found out that they were putting you in, in a main event? Did you think that this was coming after the Trinaldo fight? Did you think you had a couple fights you know, to go before getting an opportunity like this? No, no I thought you know, we, when they approached me with the, you know, I was chasing like the Khabib fight or whatever, uh, but when they approached me with this one, it just sounded right. So, you know, yeah, it's, it, it, it's just about right time. I'm built for five rounds anyway, so uh, it was a perfect fight for me, so I took it. You've been in the UFC for quite some time, but this kind of feels like your 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 first big push, like your opportunity, like your coming out party, so to speak. A lot of people are going to see and talk sure. about you more. Do you feel the same way? I mean, I guess a little bit. You know, I got to let you know, though, I don't really like, you know, I don't know, Ariel, like me, you got problems. Like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, we let's, we let's hash this how many out. Times have I requested to be on your show? You know, like wait a second. Airtime to these dudes that ain't really fighters. You know, so I got you know I got a bone to pick with you. Girl. Okay, let's do it. I, oh, I love I love picking bones. So there's a guy on Twitter who I was trying to ease my way into it. I was going to get there, but there was a guy on Twitter who told me that you were on MMA Junkie Radio a couple times and you were talking smack. Is that accurate? I haven't heard it. But is that you were uh, saying? I things? mean, I ain't really talking smack. I'm just letting you know how it is. You know, I'm just letting you know what it is at the at the top of the hour because, you know, it, it's been a couple of times. Like I tried to be on your show. You know, I hit you up. I hit you on Twitter or whatever. And, you know, I don't get on the phone, but you know, y'all, y'all hit me up right away when uh when I get a big fight. And then you know, it's just like, 
they should just unravel me the right way, you know? Okay, so you, you haven't felt the love in the past and you feel like I'm kind of a Johnny come lately. Here I am calling you to be on the show only when you get a main event. Is that what you're saying? I mean, you, you kind of are that, you know, which <laughs> we, we both know. You kind of got to be. I, I ain't going to, look, I ain't going to knock your hustle. Like, you got to you gotta go where the headlines is at. You got to go with make money. Like, I get that part. But, uh, you know, as far as, like, you promote, like, guys that are, that aren't fighters or, you know, that say some, like, some dumb shit. Like and, who? Uh, not the real fighter. So, I mean, but at the same time, bash, like, the UFC and shit for, like, putting together these fights. But, you know, if you're going to be the main guy, you know, you, you're kind of the guy that, that people look to as MMA media. You know, you're the yeah. guy with the bow tie, with the suit, you know, standing in front of the camera. If you don't want that airtime, they're getting behind the camera, you know? Okay, okay. But who am I putting on the show that you don't think is a it real was, fight. It was that whole, it was that whole Mickey Gall, yeah. uh, Sage thing that, that like really just got underneath my skin. You know, I was like, how you going to be promoting that fight? Like it's a real fight when, you know, at the same time I've been calling them off for years, you know what I'm saying? And I don't get no air time on it. Fair enough. Although, I mean, I don't Mickey think it's... Gall, but Mickey Gall gets it and yeah. they fought a real professional fight. You know what I'm saying? So, they, you know, it's just didn't run me the right way. Well, Mickey Gall though, you don't, you don't feel like Mickey Gall deserves to be in the UFC. You don't think he has those skills. No, Mickey Gall has never fought a professional fight, you know, uh, before the Sage. If Sage was the first uh, real fighter that he ever fought, and even Sage don't even deserve to be there. So, you know what I mean? He ain't, he ain't fought no, no pro fight. Like, why give him the airtime over guys that, you know, already got like eight, nine, ten UFC fights and, and they're real fights against real fighters that don't get as much airtime, you know what I mean? He just got these big fights, and just because people hear his name, they think about, yeah, I mean, it's bullshit, you know? Isn't that the name of the game, though? Isn't the name of the game to get people emotionally invested, and if you have to take a shortcut, if you get people talking, some buzz, some hype? You know I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock the hustle, yeah. but people are gonna talk about what you put out, you know? So sure. if you make 10, 10 articles about Mickey Gall, yeah. and you don't make a, a, a single article about nobody else, then of course they're gonna be buzzing about him. Of course they're gonna be talking about him. You know, he ain't doing it on his own, and I know you put you you tell other fighters to promote themselves and blah blah blah. You know, everybody should you know get on there and get yeah. Conor McGregor it up. You know, get on Twitter and like talk about the shit, blah blah blah. But that ain't really gonna get you nowhere if you don't get the airtime. You know. Well, uh, I feel okay. So I talked about this. Picking who gets the airtime. So I talked about this after your last fight, which was a great win. And I said there's a fine line between like you know, shooting too far in your call out and calling out the right person. And when you said, you know, people want to see me and Habib, I was like, I, I felt like you overshot it because I just hadn't seen, like not taking anything away from your win, but I felt like I hadn't seen that kind of talk out there. Habib was about to fight for the belt and, and it sort of fell on deaf ears. And so I wasn't trying to knock it's you. Thing, it's the same thing with, it's the same thing with this Khabib thing. You know, like everybody thinks Khabib is the number one contender. And I'm like, how? You know, he's got no fight. He ain't got no fights. He's got, you know, in the in span of him having three fights, I've had 10, you know? So yeah. how is he the number one contender? The only person he's ever beat that, that was even in the top five was Rafael Dos Anjos, and that was before Dos Anjos was really winning fights, you know? He fought Dos Anjos when Dos Anjos was like a number 10 or something like that, and he's just riding that coattail, and the media is like picking up on it, like, hey, Khabib is the number one contender, but at the same time, Khabib ain't fought nobody, you know? And, uh, you know, I mean, and that goes for like guys like Tony. Like, Tony has fought... 10, 12 times in the span of that same period. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's like the media that, that's promoting him as, I mean, he's got a huge following. He do, you know, uh, I mean, the Russians are fucking crazy. Like they, they go crazy for him. So I, I get that y'all want to stick with that because he's got the following, blah, blah, blah. But to promote him as a number one contender, you know, it, it, that's the kind of things that I'm talking about. You know? And by the way, you know that the, the job of the media isn't to promote. Like I, I don't make money off of these fights. I, I, I'm yeah, not I know, but you do though, you know, what do you mean? You, you get, you can, you can money off the, off the clicks or whatever it is. You know, I don't know how it works. I don't. But y'all get, 
I don't. I mean, if if my website, if my if no one's going to my website, I'm not going to have a job. But if ten thousand people watch this show or ten people watch this show, I'm still making the same money this month. So I don't get more money off the clicks. I just go where the interesting stories are. And the UFC, if I'm being honest, I feel like your anger is misdirected here. The UFC hasn't put you in a big fight. They they put you on prelims. They put you on fights against guys where there's no story there. You know, you have to be emotionally invested in these fights. Punk and Gall was a fight that people were emotionally invested in, and he didn't overshoot his shot. He went after a guy that was actually attainable. I felt like you may have overshot your shot, but here, look where it got you. It got you in a main event, and now you're on the show. You're fighting a top-ranked guy. So I feel like maybe the UFC hasn't been pushing you uh, as opposed to the media not pushing you. You get what I'm saying? Well, I mean, How many fights have you had in the UFC? Like 10? I'm just saying that. I'm just saying, you know, I think as far as like the Khabib call out and everything, if, if I don't ask for it, they're going to give it to me, you know? And sure, it, fair it enough. Right fight. It was the right fight. It was the right timing for me. Uh, the only reason that fight didn't happen is Khabib just don't want to fight. You know, he want to sit out on the sideline. He, he just don't want to fight. He want to hold on to that. Oh, he don't want to fight nobody, really, unless it's for a big fight, a title, so that he can say, oh, I lost because, you know, it, it's been a year or whatever since I fought a top fighter. Or, uh, however he want to stroke his ego or whatever. I feel like that. You know, it wasn't necessarily overshooting the shot. If I don't ask for it, they don't Fair enough. give it to me. You know? Fair enough. Fair enough. And, so, and at the same time, I don't get the I don't get the airtime if I don't ask for it. You know, because because if I say you know, hey, I take whatever the UFC gives me, then you yeah, know, you guys like that. you and whatnot is gonna, <laughs> gonna bash me for it. So you know, I gotta do I gotta I gotta pick uh, the middle ground between that. Okay, well, look at you now. Now you're in the main event. So are you are you saying that these guys like, you know, Habib, these guys are overrated, that we in the media overrate them for whatever reason, and that guys you like... You definitely do. You definitely do. And, and, it's, and it's understandable, you know what I mean? Because that's where, that's what's going to bring the money in for y'all. No. It has nothing to do with the money. It's really not... But, you know, you the guy with the, with the bow tie and shit in front of the camera. So <laughs> 24 and 0, 24 and 0, undefeated. I mean, how, how could we not pay attention to him? Because he ain't part of the top fighter, you know what I'm saying? Well, he's like, fu- when, is, when is the last time you, have you seen him fight? I've seen him fight one guy, you know, he fought Michael Johnson. Yeah, he fought Michael Johnson. And, he's and currently he ranked sixth. He fought, he fought Dos Anjos. So, yeah, I mean, he, those are top I, fighters. He's not over, you know what I mean? To, to promote him over guys like Tony Ferguson and, and, and these guys that are real fighters, that are real, like it, it don't matter. Like if you're in the UFC, you're taking a top fight. None of these fights are easy. I don't care if it's a, I don't care if it's a top sure. five guy or a top fifty guy. Like you, the, the 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 point is, you got to fight in order to, 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 to come up in my eyes, you know. Because I'm a fighter. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a fan. Like yeah, maybe fans like pay attention to the rankings and shit like that. Like for me, like I don't. I you know, if you're taking a fight against anybody in the world. Uh, we're all professional fighters. We can all win. We can all lose. Like, especially at lightweight, you know, any of the top 25, top 30 guys could all be camping at any moment. So, you know, if you're not fighting, I don't give you the respect. Uh, Tony has been on the show, by the way, a ton of times. He was on back-to-back weeks just a, just a month ago. Um, why, so what, what's your theory? Why do you think that, you know, people like me don't talk about you enough? Oh, I, because I don't bring in the numbers. Like, yeah, I, I get why, that. Why is that? You know, but, uh, why, so is that on you or is that on me? It's whatever. Is that on you or is that on me? It's all, it's all whatever, you know? I'm just saying it like this. It just is what it is. I'm, you know, it really don't matter to me. Like, either way, I'm still making the same, like you said, like, whether 10 people listen to the show or 10,000, you don't make the same amount of money. It, it's the same thing for me. You know, when I show up, if, if I fight on the prelims or I fight on the main event, I'm still making the same amount of money. So it really don't matter. My contract is already signed and done. You know, I'm I'm mostly just doing the show just to you know just to help out, but it really ain't gonna do nothing for me. You know, you're <laughs> you'd rather I'm not be doing like I'm just being real. Like this, it's nothing for me. Like I'm I'm you know it, it ain't gonna boost me no rankings. It ain't gonna give me no money. It ain't gonna do nothing for me. Really, 
So wait, you're confusing me here because on the one hand you're saying you you you're mad that I've been ignoring you and not putting you on the show. And by the way, I don't recall because that you was, because that was I'm saying that was during the come up. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, and now you feel like, like you're there during the come up. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, it's it's I'm past that point now. I don't really, you know, like I mean, I'm not past that point, but I'm I'm like, okay, if you're not gonna help me there, like. I don't really need to help now, you know? But isn't this part of the come up? I mean, it's your first main event. We haven't had the fight yet. You're not, what are you, at number nine or something in the rankings? Last I checked. Sure, sure. Right? Sure. Is that what you're at? No, actually, you're, uh, what are we at? We're 11 right now. UFC rankings, although I don't think that those are legit. Whatever. So so you yeah, feel I like. Listen, I don't even pay attention to the rankings at all. Like, I, I feel like I can fight the number one. I, I feel like I can fight the champ right now and, and, and beat him. So I don't really pay attention to the, the rankings or whatever. I'm not really, like, you know, people is tweeting me and texting me and I'm like, oh, you're in the rankings. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, if I ain't. If I ain't got the, the, the gold belt, it really don't matter, you know? Like, my, my paycheck don't stay the same, so. But isn't this, how many you fights do you have left on your deal? Uh, I got, I just signed a new deal, so I got three fights. You have three two fights, fights left. Two fights, two fights left. Oh, wow. So, okay, now we're talking about something interesting here. I mean, you're, you're about to main event the show, and after that, after this fight, you've got one fight left? Yeah, like, my, my plan is already set in motion. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna take this fight. Yeah. Uh, the UC is going to come to Detroit later on this year. I'm going to take that fight. I'm a headline that one against whoever, like, you know, if somebody shows up or not, like I'm going to headline that fight. And then I'm going to sign a new deal regardless if, you know, the media is behind me or not. Like, it's, you know, and my, my, my plan, is, that's what I mean. Like, my plan is already set in motion. Like, before my plan wasn't, you know, my plan was to fight, like, a guy like Sage, something like that, and, like, actually get, like, you know, the, the that boost up. But, I mean, not only, you know. I kind of already got my plan set up. I already, already so you're like, saying F these say people, fuck, you know? if you weren't with me before, if you weren't riding with me before, it's too late now. The bandwagon yeah, is full. I, yeah, I didn't kind of already said fuck it and like, you know, skipped over it. So. Damn. Just like, I, I, I didn't get the memo. If, if I'm being honest, I don't recall you ever yeah, telling you me. Because you don't answer none of my, you know. When? Yeah, of course. When did you tweet me? Show me a tweet. Show me a tweet. Show me a tweet. When was it? Do it right now. 2010? You, but, when was it? Before you were in the UFC? Oh, come on. Nah, you know. It was, it was during the, the, the whole thing. You put out the little, you know, Mickey Gall said something about Sager's hair or whatever. And y'all was all, all over it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, y'all don't really talk about some high school shit. He talking about his hair. You know, I called. I called Sage's dad a drug dealer and a, and a liar and a cheat. And instead, the, the articles is, oh, Mickey Gold called his hair crazy <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was, you know? And, and, and just before that, like a couple fights before that, like I, I, I call out Sage. So, you know, it's whatever. No, I remember when you did that. And, and if, if I'm being honest, that was a good call out. But don't we take cues? Do you think that we take cues as media from who the UFC is pushing? If they're going to push Sage, if they're going to push Mickey Gall, CM Punk, these guys, that we kind of oh, have to. Fo- definitely. I mean, I, I have the same. Look, I had these same conversations with, with the UFC. Like, I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Because I'm talking to you right now. But I have these same conversations. You know, I let them know how I feel, too. I, I'm, I'm a, it, it, this is how I am. Like, I'm just going to let you know. I respect it. How I feel, like, right right off the back. I'm not going, like, I'm not one of these dudes that's just going to, like, pussyfoot around and, like, <laughs> like, again, UFC, like, me and Joe have gotten into, like, fucking, like, full-fledged arguments. Because I'm like, you know, you call me a bunch of names. I call him a bunch of names. Like, you know, I'm just... I'm just talking to you right now, so this, this is who I'm talking to. But yeah, I had the same argument with you all the time. Do you, do you feel like this is why? Like I even I even understand like the same reason why I understand why you do it. I, just, I understand why the UFC does it. You know, because it, it's hard to promote like the black uh, a black fighter. You know, they haven't broken into the, the African American market yet, oh. so they don't want to go all in on it because you know they don't know what they're gonna get their return. It's a business just like any other. You know, they're not racist. They're not none of this other shit. Like they they about the money. You know, they. 
they want the groom more than anything. So, you know, Detroit, Philly, Chicago, St. Louis, you know, they just don't bring the money in for, for the UFC to really go all in on it, which I understand, which is totally respectful, you know? Do you think that's why you haven't been pushed? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's maybe part of it, but, you know, and probably the way I, you know, because, I, like I said, I will get into a couple arguments here now, you know. I'm just like a, probably, probably like a mixture of everything, so. Because, um, you know. At the end of my first couple of UFC fights, you know, I, I came in the UFC, like, real young, you know. I didn't yeah. have a whole lot of experience, and, uh, you know, I came in, like, I was one of the youngest guys that they signed. So, I, you know, my first, I think, four or five UFC fights were just kind of me, like, trying to get that experience and really trying to get more cage time and, like, you know, kind of kind of build myself up so the UFC, like, saw that, you know what I mean, and they didn't want to go. I, which I understand, you know, they don't want to go all in on somebody who's not ready yet, and I wasn't ready. But you know, these past couple of fights I have been, so you know. Okay, so a couple of people, a couple of people have sent me some some tweets that you sent me. Maybe now Ariel Hawani could talk to me. Fair, but I, fair, I, I, fair. J- wait, 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 wait. On, just for the you record, know. these tweets are three years old. They're from 2014. We're talking about three year old tweets. I don't remember what happened last week. Three year old tweets. Come on, where have you been? I'm just, okay, and it wasn't even that. It was like, I think I fought uh, Jake Matthews, right? July of... Two, okay, July. you said this tweet out. July of 2014, you were 1-0 at that point because you were coming off a loss to Ally Aquinta. So your your winning streak was 1 at that point. Okay, but look, that ain't the only... That so I'm going I'm, I'm to be knocking at your door for look, beating look, Jesse yeah, Ronson? I'm, 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 about to, I'm, about to, I'm about to really say, when I fought Jake Matthews here, here yeah. in Las Vegas, okay. uh, you know, you showed up, you did the little, you know, you make you do a little post-media scrum or whatever, you came over. I was like, there. Okay, asked me like one question. I ain't give you no, I ain't really give you no sound bite, so you got up and walked away, and I was like, all right, bro, like, I, I guess that's how it is. Oh, this man, was, you're a was, sensitive yeah. guy, right? I, I respect this, this, that. This was like a year. Are you sensitive? Yeah, I'm not sensitive. You're sensitive. I'm sensitive. I'm just letting you know how I feel. Okay, I, I, I respect that because I'm very sensitive. Like, you have thin skin. Admit it. You remember? Oh, no. You remember? You, look, have you seen some of, the, some of what these Russian dudes have been calling me? Right. And, uh, you know, hell, I ain't got no thin skin. I'm just going to let you know the truth of it. You know, I'm just going to let you know how I feel if I'm feeling some type of way. Damn, I didn't know. People are finding all these tweets so quickly. I didn't know that we had this yeah, long... I don't, I, don't, I don't stay up at night <laughs> boiling with hate for Ariel Hawani. I'm just saying Sounds like you ask me to be on the show, then I'm going you know, to make sure you have a good show. I'm going to let you know. This is a good interview. I like this interview. Why did you agree to come on the show if you felt this way? I don't really even know. Like, I did. Just, I really don't. Like, when my manager approached me, I was like, I was like, oh, Ariel was probably like, at first I told him no. And then I was like, okay, you know, I guess, uh, I guess, I, I, you know, I got some grievances to air, so I'm going to let them know. So I guess I will, but really I wasn't going to, like, I don't know why I did. <laughs> well, I like your manager very much. The, the great Stefan Patrick, maybe because we're both from Montreal. He didn't tell me about any of this. He was shielding me from, from this venom that you've had towards oh, yeah, me. Yeah. Cause I told him what time it was. Oh, uh, he never, you know, s- you, you know, he, he, that's what I mean. Like he don't keep it professional. Like I really don't have to, you know? So I'm going to let you know how it really is. I'm just not that type of dude that'll, that'll kind of smile in your face and like, and, and, and talk shit about you afterwards. Like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know. And if you got, you know, if you feel some type of way or you want to defend it, then, then let me know. I respect know? that. So does this mean this is the last time I'm allowed to talk to you? No, of course not. If you, oh. if you, if you, you know, look, this gonna be that'd be the last time I reach out to you. I tell you that, but you know, uh, well, you haven't reached out to I'm me in three years. Like a year ago, where have you been? 
No, I'm saying after the, after the whole Jake Matthews thing, I was like, okay, well, I guess I guess I ain't messing with Ariel no more. Oh come on! I was there. I did the scrum. They don't let me do one on ones uh, anymore. Again, uh, the UFC uh, is to blame here. They don't let me do the one on ones. That was a big win, by the way. That was a really impressive win. I was there. I asked you questions. I don't know about leaving early. It sounds like you're a little sensitive, and I get that. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I'm sensitive too. But let's. What's the biggest fight you've had up until this point, Michael Kessa? What's the biggest fight? Like the biggest, highest stage possible? For sure, Francisco. Uh, yeah, you know this, this, this last fight. Yeah, and I wasn't there. Definitely, you know the the, fo- the folks. Uh, you know, uh, I talked to Brian for a little while afterwards, and he said that was the loudest that they were, other than for the main event. You know, so uh, you know, I tried to wall them up, and I did the same thing to them. I told the Brazilians how I felt. Yeah, English, and they don't even speak to shit. You flipped them off. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I now tell some of them, uh, you know, backstage how I felt, but uh, you know, they they don't really speak English, so they couldn't really go back and forth with me. But you know, I still did the same thing. Were, were you worried at all for your safety? No, hell no. Look, I'm from Detroit. I ain't, you know, they got some favelas out there, but I'm from the D. Like I don't, I don't really, you know, I went down there with the with the intention of trying to walk around and see and see. Uh, how dangerous it really is so no nah, not really i mean they they carried me out the back they kept some some security with me uh the whole oh, time wow. you I really w- wasn't even i really wasn't even nervous like yeah they kept two big security guards with me at all time and they was kind of cool i was taking pictures and shit with them so you know you know why did you yeah, want to go I, there i ain't worried look i want to fight look when i when i get this fight with the beat i wanted to be in russia and if they need to carry me out the back through through a private jet or whatever they're gonna do uh but i want the fight to be in russia more than anything i when, when they fought the beetle ball or when I was pushing for the fight with Kabilov, I wanted that to be in Russia. So, uh, you know, I, I ain't worried about none of them. Okay, so you tell me now that your your biggest fight, biggest stage was the one, uh, the win over Trinaldo. That was less than a month ago, March 11th. Here you are, April 3rd on the show. I feel like we are responding accordingly. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> I, I suppose. You finally I, have a big yeah, fight on right. a big on a big stage, right, yeah. and here I am. I, Listen, I you're right, but I was just saying, like, I was feeling some type of way, so I'm going to let you know. That's it. Listen, man, well, I don't have time for no fight pass prelim. You know, you got to you gotta make it worth our while, Kevin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you would have made, you know, if you would have put out an article or at least one about the whole stage thing, we would have already enough. been on Fox. You Fair know what enough. I'm saying? Okay, so it's my... <laughs> fight, uh, you know, he get these fights. He get all these dudes, they get these easy-ass fights, and, you know, we got to come up through the, through, through the struggle, and, and I got to take all these tough-ass fights because... That's fair. That's fair. By the way, is the Detroit card, is that official? Is that happening? I want to go back to Detroit. I can't say. I don't. Look, I, I'm already in enough trouble. Here you are. You come on the show, you hint things, and now you don't want to confirm them. You, you know me. Like, I can't, you know, I'm already in trouble with PR as it is. They're going to call me. Oh, trust me. Uh, they love this. Oh, yeah, they love it. But, uh, they probably put you up to it. You know, of course, I can't confirm until they confirm. So Okay. You know. Is it going to be at that new arena that they're building? Yeah, he's oh, wow. arena, which is a horrible Wow, that's pretty exciting though. That that'll be big. See, so you beat Kiesa, then what makes sense next after that? Khabib, you know, if if Khabib wanna if Khabib oh. wanna get down and Khabib wanna really fight somebody, you know, like he he should actually take a fucking fight. But when they not gonna make Tony again, uh, you know, that fight is just dead in the water to me. Like he don't wanna fight Tony, obviously. Uh why he keeps pushing him? Uh, I don't see who else he fights. You know, he, they damn sure ain't going to put him in a fight with McGregor. Uh, you know, it, it, no other fight makes sense to me. Who, who else are you going to have a fight except for me? Unless you have to fight somebody like Barboza or something like that, but I don't think he's going to take that fight. He don't want the problem. 
Wow. Okay. So, I mean, this is good timing. See, it all works out. Everything works out for a reason. Habib on the show later today, I'm going to ask him about you. We'll see what he has to say. Yeah, don't even ask him. Ask, ask uh, Daniel or whoever tweets for him or ask uh, Ali, whoever tweets for him. But, you know, Khabib don't really even talk much. He barely speak any English. He barely understand what I be saying. You know, he come around and scream all the time. He won't say a word to me. So, uh, I don't think he really do much of the talking. You got to talk to his representatives. All right. Fair enough. I'll ask them as well. Well, I have to say, uh, this has been an eye-opening experience. This has been one of my favorite interviews on the show, and it wasn't even an interview. It was just two people yelling at each other. It was great. <laughs> Well, you welcome there. <laughs> this was good. Where have you been, Kevin? Where have you been over the last few years? Uh, in your goddamn DMs. <laughs> you You've been know? sliding into my DMs? That was you this whole time? It's the rest of the requests that you don't answer. <laughs> Well, look, if we've learned anything here today, you got, you, got to, you got to bring something to the table. And clearly you have brought it, but let the record show I came to you. I reached out to your management. I booked you on the show. You came a little bit with thin skin, but I think in the end we've gone somewhere very special now. And I feel like now you're in the, you're, you're, you're in the wheelhouse. You're, you're, you're part of the family now. I feel like we've gone over that hump. Do you agree? I like it. I like it. Yeah, wow. I love it. I, I'll, give you, I'll give you the respect then. And uh, after the fight, if you're in Oklahoma City, I'll buy you a beer. Wow. Well, I don't drink, but uh, maybe we can figure out something else. I'll buy you a beer. You can pour it on somebody else. Now, okay. just for the record, one last thing. I mean, before you go on other shows and talk smack, next time come in, you know, call up, you know, I'm right here. You know where to find me, Kevin. All right. So, all, right. all right. I got you done. You know, all right. You know, all right. I don't got disrespect. You. Don't, don't, you know, don't do that and, 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 and give me the snub again. You know, you harder to talk to than a light skin too. Well, Kevin, this was fun. Let's do it again soon. And uh, good luck on uh, that big fight, June 25th. And congrats on getting the fight and actually making it worth our while to talk about you. This is great. (laughs) My man. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. There he is. Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom himself, coming out strong. Wow. That was fun. Didn't expect that. But I enjoyed it. All right, how do you top that? You top it with Ray Longo. Been a while since we talked to Ray Longo as well. Where has he been? He's on the phone right now. Ray, how are you? I got to tell you, I thought I did something to offend you. <laughs> I really did. Where have you been? Are we friends anymore? Well, this is the problem. I mean, I feel like those guys over at the Anakin Florian podcast, I feel like they kind of got you on an exclusive deal, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to nudge my way in there. Uh, so you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I'm typically a respectful guy, yes. Very good. Okay, that's great. <laughs> How much are they paying you over there for those spots? Uh, let's see. Let's, <laughs> I'm going to say more than zero and less than zero. Okay, fair enough. But you're doing so many things these days. Uh, movies, I see you doing shows. How many things outside of fighting do you have on your plate these days? Like outside of coaching guys and being at the gym? Well, I'll tell you, I, did, I, I, I really purposely slowed down. Uh, because I wanted to concentrate on the, obviously the, the fights that are coming up, but uh, yeah, you know, but a couple of a couple of little things here and there, nothing nothing crazy, nothing that takes a lot of time. But uh, I did get to do what a Kevin James show, Kevin Kuwait, and that was a lot of fun. But yeah, you know, it was one day, you know, so it's not a big deal. But uh, again, it's a lot of fun, and it really helps me decompress from what I'm doing and go out on a limb and try something else, and you know, takes your mind off of uh, you know just training and working out, which you know, I've been doing for a long time. So yeah. it's, it's really been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Are, are we slowing down as far as the training is concerned as well? Like, are you not bringing in as, as many young guys these days? Uh, well, we got a couple of guys that I expect to see in the UFC, but I'm going to say 
slowing down until somebody else takes the reins and maybe goes after some people. You know, I'm really honestly just concentrating on Chris, Aljo, and I Quinta, and then we have, uh, obviously, I got a lot of people that are still kickboxing and tie boxing or glory, you know, glory rules fighting. And uh, we got a really great uh, kid from Georgia, uh, the Republic of Georgia, Marab Dashiavelli, who hopefully I got to, hopefully he'll swing into the UFC soon. He's going to be a fan favorite. This kid comes to fight. He's tough as nails. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but not, not, a, not a lot of people no. So for you as a coach and a, as a mentor to these guys, you've been with them for so long, this has been an interesting period. I mean, not that long ago, you guys were riding high, you know, Aljo coming off a couple losses, Chris, a couple losses, I Quinta just trying to get back into it. How would you describe this time for you and the team, like the mood, the vibe, the atmosphere? Well, I'll tell you, listen, Ariel, if you think about it, man, I mean, there was only one way to go. You know, you can't just keep going up and up and up. So we plateaued a little bit for sure. Hmm. And uh, I think that's that's going to be, you know, the mantra. You know, that's that's behind us. And we really got to go back to what got us there and, and really uh, just move forward. And everybody, you know, uh, I mean, life throws a lot of things at you. You got family, you got kids, you got, you know, other stuff happening outside and, you know, all work and no play makes uh, Jack a dull boy. So, you know, you, you want guys to entertain things that could, you know, they could be successful maybe after their career is over. But uh, again, the mantra for this was really just to exclude, you know, I mean, just to really just just focus on what you have to do. And I think that's what I loved about this camp. I mean, Chris really wanted to go to Brazil with his friend Volante, but he didn't. He wanted to be in Wonder Boy's corner in Vegas. He didn't. He really, you know, was this was the time to get selfish and to just concentrate on your training. And the kid really went beyond, you know, where, where we've been in a while. And I think it shows in his, even in his, uh, if you talk to him, I think you'll see a different guy talking. And if obviously if you look at him, the hard work just pays off, you know, to the point where people are accusing him of being on PEDs, which I'm Whoa. very proud to say you know, he's clean as hell. But, but yeah, he, he, he definitely, you know, we, we had to, you know what I mean? Like, again, there was only one way to go and we had to plateau a little bit. It can't just keep going up and up and up and up. Nothing, nothing in life works that way. And I think we learned how to accept that and move on. Okay. So you said something, a really interesting word there, and I appreciate the honesty very much. I expect nothing less out of you. Plateau? Yeah. The word plateau? You don't hear that. You don't hear, why do you think that happened? You know, again, I think, uh, you know, look, it's always, um, you know, exciting, you know, working your way up to the top, you know what I mean? And then, uh, it's really hard to hold that. And I think, you know, who knows? I mean, I think we all maybe got scattered a little bit, but, uh, we're all back, man. We're back. And I mean, I really put a lot into this camp myself as a coach and I got a lot of help from a lot of other people, which I appreciate. And I'm really psyched for this fight. The, the road to Madison Square Garden for you and your team, this was something you guys talked about for a long time. In the end, you only had one fighter on the card, and it was Chris, and it obviously didn't go his way. How do you look back on that night? Was that just a weird night? Because we all thought you know, you'd know you have five or six guys. You're such a big part of the New York MMA scene. It ended up being one guy, and maybe that was good in the sense that you could focus on one guy, but the aftermath wasn't obviously what you were hoping for. Do you look back, like, is that, is that, is that just a weird night for you in your career? Or can you now say, Oh, it was great. It was great to finally be there. Coach. How do you look back on that? 
Well, I mean, look, I, honestly, man, I, I really like to win. I'm, I'm, you know, I hold it together good, but I think I'm a sore loser. Not a sore loser, but I, don't, I really don't like to lose. So uh, I think the experience was great. I'm happy to see MMA in New York, but I mean, nothing would have made me more happy than a win. And, uh, you know, it didn't go one night. But again, that's life, man. You got to uh, you got to pick yourself up and move on else you're never going to go nowhere in this life. Does it does it kind of blow your mind that it's been almost two years since Chris last won a fight? Uh, if you would have asked me that, you know, like two years ago, yeah, I didn't think. I thought, you know, yeah, it, it, it surprises me a little bit. You know, but he hasn't fought that much either. So, sure. I mean, he's been, you know, between all the injuries and everything. And, I, and that's another thing, you know, you really got to get through these camps, you know, uninjured. And that's, that's becoming a, that's becoming a, a you know, something that you really have to look forward to. So everybody's healthy. I'm happy about that. That's that's all you can expect. But yeah, no, I would have never thought we'd be in this position, but we are, and, and uh, we're ready to, to tackle it and, and really write his comeback story, man. Do you like this matchup? Like, is this one that you were kind of saying, okay, this this would make sense for us if we can get Musasti get back in the mix? Yeah, you know, I thought originally I, I liked the... I liked Whitaker because Whitaker beat Brunson and I thought he was on a roll. So I needed a guy like uh, Whitaker or uh, Musasi. I think is a good matchup. I think, you know, Whitaker obviously doesn't have the experience of Musasi. And that's what I think one of the things Musasi brings to the table. He doesn't rattle easy. And, uh, you know, the guy's got, what, 45, 50 fights. He's fought all over the world and he's, uh, he's very comfortable fighting. He's looked very good as of late. You know, it feels like he's really kind of... He's on, a, he's on a roll, man, you know. But again, you know, you know, I don't think Chris got into this sport to take easy fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he'll fight anybody, any place, any time. And that's what he's doing. You know, this is not an easy, an easy task by no means, you know. So, but I don't think any of his fights, kind of the last six or seven have been. So uh, I think he's going to meet... I really, really believe you're going to see a different Chris Weidman a week from today or you know Saturday. Yeah. He's really looking good. His head's in the right spot, which to me is more important than anything. And, uh, you know, we got rid of the distractions and he really did. I mean, he worked his fucking ass off for this. What kind of distractions are we talking about? No, just anything, you know, any, you know, guys call him a movie part, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, something with the kids, the family, you know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. Ariel, when you're you got you're married and you got three kids, you know. I mean, you know that from being a, a married guy. But yeah, I remember even like years ago, man, I'd be training Matt and I'd have a an argument with my wife, and he's like, "Dude, can you just pull it together?" I mean, it's you know, we just it's it's normal life, yeah. life stuff that gets in the way of of what you're doing. But it's it's perfectly normal, and uh, you know, I think like it, like again, I think everybody did a great job on this. He's got a great wife. I mean, great family. You see those videos, and yeah. you gotta you gotta love love those kids, man. And uh, I think he's uh, he's fighting he's fighting for those kids this fight. Um, I remember when this fight was announced, people were like, "Man, you know, after the Romero knockout, like maybe you know this idea of tune up fights isn't really a thing in the UFC. In boxing, we see it much more often. A guy's out for a while, he gets a tune up fight. Uh, he's coming off a bad loss, gets a tune up fight. You don't really see that in the UFC. And people were saying, ah, you know, and, and I subscribe to that notion as well. It'd be great just to get your mojo back, your confidence. Yeah, without a doubt. Why? Yeah, I subscribe to that too. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have, you know, had an easier fight. Yeah. You know? But uh, like, again, this, this, is, this is the sport we, these guys chose. There is no easy fights. 
Is there a lesson for Aljamain to learn in all of this as well? He signs that deal and hasn't won since. What's what's happening there? Uh, well, look. First off, I, I really believe he won the last fight. You know, it was a split. It was you know, two split decisions. I think Caraway definitely beat him because he controlled it more towards the end. But you know, he almost had Caraway out in the first round. I think he learned a lesson from that. And I really did think. He, he's in a totally different spot because he's, he's never been beat up or anything. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's, he really thought he won the last fight, you know? So in his head, I think that's a totally different dynamic than, you know, uh, what happened with Chris. Okay. You know, he's, you know, his thing is, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just a totally different vibe, you know, it's, like again, he really thought he won the last fight, and I, I'm not saying it was a blowout. And I thought you know it was a close fight, but I really did think he he was winning that fight. And if you really go back and look at the stats, they they're gonna they're gonna back up Aljo's claim. But he's got to regroup from that feeling like you know he got slighted and that type of stuff. So you know I think that they're two totally different things. So when when someone loses a couple of fights and gets beat up, gets knocked out, it's a different, as far as being his coach is concerned, it's a different approach now because when you have a guy who got knocked out as opposed to a guy who maybe got robbed, you're there. You're just not getting the nod. It's a few tweaks. When you have a guy like Chris who got knocked out, do you have to kind of start over, reinvent the wheel? How do you move on from that? Yeah, like again, you have to really analyze you know, each one of the camps and, you know, you know, see what he did and if he was healthy and like, you know, I want to start talking about injuries and all of that yeah. stuff. But, um, and I think Chris, you know, he suffered maybe a little lapse in concentration and uh, he paid the price for it. He made a couple of mistakes and that's really kind of what we worked on. Just, you know, staying focused for, for 15 minutes. Mm. Um, and, you know, and Aljo's Aljo's a different thing. Aljo's like, yeah, you know, at this point, they just don't like the style of, they don't like a lot. I mean, the guy threw over a hundred kicks in the yeah. last fight. I guess they just don't like kicking. You got to start ending fights or you're going to, you know, we're going to suffer this again. With Aya Quinta, it's a whole different ball game now because he was on the show and he was like, yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to fight. And I couldn't tell if he was kidding or not. Like he well, was let back. Me, let me tell you something. Yeah. Let me tell you something about Aya Quinta. Yes. Aya Quinta is going to fight you, whether he's walking down the street, you're in the octagon. That guy, if he once he steps in that octagon, he's fighting. That's all. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. And I think that's why they're excited to see him come back because you know what you're getting with that guy. I mean, he's he's coming to fight. So I don't even care what he sounds like. Because <laughs> when push comes to shove, he's, he's fighting. So, so you never believed that he was actually going to remain retired? Oh, I wasn't, I don't know about that. I wasn't sure. You know, he's always in the gym training. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't know. You know, if, it, if he struck it rich with the real estate, who the, who the heck knows? I know, you know, but, uh, you know, I think some of these guys are just, you know, they get tired of getting banged up and they're young. And I think they're looking, you know, 10 years down the line, am I even going to be able to get out of bed? So, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, he's got family surrounded by him that may be, uh, makes him, you know, think of a different career here and there. But at the end of the day, that kid wants to fight. Did, did that make you sad? Like, did you feel like he had more in him or would you have been at peace if he never came back? Oh, man. Uh, that's a guy I would miss. If he, he stay, I, I love training that guy. He's, he's really just, uh, he's just a good kid. But, uh, you know, he's got to do what he feels is right for him. Those, those are questions for him. I would, 
I'm look the way I call, I support these guys in whatever they do. You know what I mean? So if that's what he wants to do, I'll support him in the real estate thing. It doesn't, you know, it's the same, same thing to me. I'm not there to say, you know, you got more in, you got to fight. You know, it's a, it's a tough sport. They're not getting, he's not at a point where he's getting compensated, where he's going to be getting life changing money. You know what I mean? So you really have to like the fight at that stage. And are, are you sensing a different, I mean, that fight is coming up in what, uh, 19 days you're now kind of reaching the tail end of the, the training camp. Is he, does he feel, does he look different? Does he act different? Does he train differently? Has this break changed anything about him? No, I, I think he's coming out guns blazing. Okay. Like he always does. Yeah. <laughs> you like this matchup for him? It's a pretty good matchup. Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. I think those guys, I think it's a, I mean, look on paper, you know, the way, uh, you know, Diego's another guy he likes to throw down. I think you guys, I think it's going to be an entertaining fight. Something just occurred to me. You're going back to back to back, right? 8, 15, 22? Yeah. How do you feel about that? I, uh, it comes in waves. You know, it comes in waves, yeah. And then I, then I got my daughter graduating college, so I'm leaving Whoa. Like a couple of weeks after that. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I remember when she just started college. She graduating already? Yeah. Yeah, she's coming out. Wow. That is what, what's she going to do? Uh, well, you, I think you, you met the little one. Uh, oh, the one's, uh, okay. The, the older one, the other one's graduating next year, though, so it doesn't matter. But uh, speech pathology, uh, you know, she's looking at uh, NYU now, and I think Columbia are two schools she got accepted to. I think she's going to make a decision soon. So we're all happy for her, too. I'm very, really proud of her. You know, just to get into good schools, and you know, I just hope it works out for. Her. But but good stuff. So do you like? I mean, it's kind of weird because here you are. You're, you're going to go to Buffalo. When do you go to Buffalo? Well, Wednesday. So Wednesday, and that's the tail end of Aljo's camp, and then you're with Aljo, tail end of Iquinta. You'd rather not have this, right? Back to you. You'd probably rather all have them I'd on rather, the. I'd, ra- I'd rather not have this. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird thing. Yeah, Back we to- have other people in the gym, so I mean, it's not, uh, I'm not, not going to sure. sit there doing nothing. There's, there's a million people helping out. Right. Um, and what about the movie, uh, the, the movie career? What do we got? What's on the table? Uh, not too much. I did, I just, uh, I did, uh, I had a little spot on Kevin Can Wait. Yeah. It's going to probably end next week, so that was cool. And uh, that was it. I did a short movie. They, they just did up in, uh, I think it was up in the Toronto Short Film Festival, came in second. And I don't know what they're going to do with that, but that was really good. You like it? And that was it. You enjoy this? Uh, you know what it is? I like it when I don't have to look for it. You know, so right. it's, it's kind of, you know, coming to me and, you know, the studio with Kevin is literally down the block from my house. So that works out great, you know? Um, and, and this card that they just announced for uh, Long Island uh, later on in July, what's a bigger deal as a Long Island guy? What was bigger for you, MSG or Nassau Coliseum? I got to tell you, man, I think the Coliseum is big. You know, I think nothing beats the garden, but right. the Coliseum is definitely trumping the Barclays Center by far. If you're <laughs> from Long Island, I think that's a huge, sure. huge thing. But I, I, I don't think you could ever get over the ambiance of Madison Square Garden just with all the great fights that have been there over the years. And, you know, for me, I was always a Knicks fan. And, um, you know, whatever. But uh, I think the Coliseum is the next best thing. And, man, it's literally walking distance from the gym. So that, that's pretty cool. I haven't really wrapped my head around that yet, but 
I'm sure the closer that gets and we get a couple of guys on that, it's going to be fun. Yeah, they 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 um, renovated it. I think it opens officially in a couple of days. Um, have they, I mean, it's a little early, but do you know of any of your guys yet? I, I probably have to get through these fights, right? You don't have anything. Yeah, I have, I have no clue. How far is that from your gym? Isn't it just like minutes away? I'm saying you could literally walk there. Really? Yeah, I mean, it'd take you about a half hour. But sure. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I'm saying it's it's got to be two two miles, maybe. I don't know. That's amazing. Well, I hope they rectify the situation. I mean, it just kind of felt weird, if I'm being honest. It's like I I wanted all the guys, and I know there were some things that happened, but I don't know. I wanted all the guy. I wanted all your guys to be at MSG. You can only control the things you sure. can control. We could, we had no control over that, you know. All right. Just like you know, I hope I hope we're on the I hope we're on the, the Coliseum. I think that'll be great. Man. It'd be amazing. Any new training day with Ray's shows coming out? Uh, we put that on hold just until after April. Okay. All right. <laughs> they, they're asking me to do it. And I'm like, I just, I really had to focus on what's going down. All right. Well, let's get through this month. Uh, first things first, good luck in Buffalo. Then good luck in uh, Kansas City. Then good luck in Nashville. It's a little world tour. There you go. World tour. I look forward to seeing you out there in Buffalo. Great insight. Thank you, Ray. And it's good to have you back. Don't be a stranger, okay? I mean, we're 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 just a stone's throw away from from your gym. You know, you can pick up the phone sometimes. Awesome. You got it, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. I appreciate it. Buffalo. I'll see you out in Buffalo. All right. Looking forward to it. There he is, Ray Longo. Big month for him coming up. Just occurred to me in the middle of that interview. He's got Buffalo, then he's got Kansas City, Aljo, and then he's got uh, Ally Quinta in Nashville. All right, big fight this Saturday. Very much looking forward to talking to our next guest. You've all wanted to hear from him. Uh, it's, it's, it's obviously been, been a month since we talked to him, right before UFC 209, and everyone been wondering how Khabib Nurmagomedov is doing, and I do believe we have him on the phone. Khabib, are you there? Yes, Adel. Salam alaikum, my brother. What happened to our Skype? Usually we have you on Skype. Where'd you go? I'm driving now. I'm on my way going to home. That's why I cannot talk in Skype. No problem. I can talk only like this. Like, I'm, hap yeah. I'm happy to talk to you uh, regardless. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, okay, so we have a lot to talk about, Khabib. First things first, how would you describe the last month for you? What, what has it been like since you were forced to withdraw from UFC 209? You know, like, uh, this is like, I think this is my hardest month in my life. And, you know, uh, feel a little bit, a little bit bad because, uh, you know, because uh, I pull out before my biggest fight in my life. That's why I feel bad, but, you know, it's not a fun time for me. When did you realize, Khabib, because we spoke to you midday Thursday and there was some footage of you training uh, Thursday night. When did you realize that something was wrong, that there was a chance you might not be able to make weight? You know, like uh, Thursday, uh, media day, when I have a last day, media day, I beginning feel bad a little bit. I feel like, uh, like different. I never feel like this. I think, wow, I, one day before weigh-in, of course, I don't feel good all the time, but I think this is like some, some something like different. And when I go home 
and the night before weighing, like I feel like crazy, you know. I cutting weight with my with my uh, team, and I don't remember how I cut weight, how I make like I don't remember a lot of things, you know. And uh, you know, like something going too wrong, but uh, but I don't think this about my diet. I don't think this about my cutting weight. I think this like uh, something different. Huh. Um, and so you started to feel a lot of pain, but you were, you were out of it. Like, are you, are you saying like you were just kind of, I mean, you were unconscious. You don't remember going to the hospital, checking in all that stuff. Yes. I, of course I remember when I going to hospital, but not a lot of things when I, you know, uh, like, uh, I feel like so bad, you know, i never feel like this. Uh, like sometimes this happens, you know. Sometimes you cannot control what happened with your body. Yeah. And, uh, um, <clears throat> what were the kind of pains that you were feeling? Like where, where on your body were you feeling pain? Stomach pain. No, okay. Inside everything pain, like like crazy. I never felt like this. In hindsight, do you think that you were cutting too much weight? Uh, I don't think like I I cutting too much weight, uh, you know. Uh, but um, but you know I I I make weight one fifty five point point five when I fight with Michael Johnson and I feel like very good. I feel perfect, you know. And this, this is like uh, this is like uh, I, I make weight in November and no problem and. Uh, after March 3rd, I can't make weight because this is not about diet. I think this is about about my health, you mm. know. L- like your your overall health? Huh? Your overall health, like outside of fighting, you think that something was, was, was stopping you from making the weight? Yes, yeah, you know, but, uh, mm, you know, uh, I'm just coming from Germany, you know, I need like three or five months for make my body sane, three or five months, make rehab, and end of this week, I'm going to Germany, I'm going to fix everything, you know, this problem, this is not about cutting weight, this is about my health. Wow. and I have to make her help in three, five months, and I'm going to come back. Maybe I, I think I can fight end of September. Now, what's happening in I Germany? And I, and, and I hope. In Germany, I'm going, going to check my body, what happened, everything. And I have a little bit problem with something, but I don't want to talk about this, but I need a couple months to like, fix everything. Okay. Did, is, is the UFC sending you there, or are you going there on your own? No, I, I go with myself. Did they tell you to go there? No. Okay. No. I go with myself. Okay. Um, when you were at the hospital, did you know that the fight was off, or were you still trying to, to save the fight? Were you still coherent enough? Were you still going to try to cut the weight? No, I, 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 I still, I still serve this fight, like, uh, maybe I can, but uh, my weight always 160, you know? Yeah. 
I, I can fight, you know, like I can come to weigh in and show my weight like 160 and USC can make like uh, fight uh, catch weight or if I'm fighting like, you know, like last time when Tetis fight versus Holloway, they make like uh, if if Tetis win, no title. If Holloway win, title. You know, like this. Yeah. At some point, but doctor said no way. You cannot fight because you 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 feel so bad. You know, and uh, you know like something like this. Doctor said you cannot fight. You almost die. How you fight? Wow. How you can fight if you almost die? You know. They said you almost died. What? No. <laughs> No, we talked about like this something. What are you talking about? Fight. Yeah. Uh, your body is feels feel so bad, and you wanna fight. You know where we 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 say no fight. One hundred percent. No make weight. No fight. No nothing. You need to stay hospital seven hours. We have to make sure your body uh, is good. You know. And uh, <clears throat> but I I feel I feel like I almost died. Wow. I feel like you know. And uh, but it's okay, you know. Sometimes, sometimes when I have injury or when I have bad situation, I all the time come. I all the time come back strong, you know. Now I know a lot of people upset about this. A lot of friends upset about this because this is like very big fight. UFC promote this fight very good. We promote this fight. A lot of people waiting for this fight. I know a lot of friends upset about this. And I understand this, but you know, I want to say sorry about everything. And uh, I come back. I come back. I'm gonna come back. Um, did you? This, now, now I feel like different motivation. Everything. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna check my weight. Check my body. I'm gonna fix my body. Everything, and I'm gonna come back. I know for sure. Inshallah, I'm gonna come back. After the fight, Dana White said, oh, you know, it, it could have been saved, that they, they, they went rogue, they went to the hospital, they didn't call us. Was that fair? Did you guys try to, to I mean, do, do you think it was fair to say that? Or uh, maybe he didn't know everything about what was going on? You know, Dana is, of course, upset, you know, like, because this is like, you know, I pull out very big fight. Of course, he's upset, but it's okay. He, he supports me. He called me after this. He sent me a message very good, you know. And, uh, when I have MCL, when I have ACL, when I broke my ribs, and all the time, Dana still support me, you know. And I want to say thank you for him. I know some sometimes he, he go like crazy about when somebody pull out, but I understand. I understand everything. I'm a professional fighter, and... Uh, I have to make weight, and I'm go- and uh, this is my job, you know. But sometimes you cannot control your body, right? And you know, you do everything. I know, I, I know how bad I can, because you know, like, uh, and because this is my fault. I know 100% this is my fault. But we'll see what happens next time. Um, I'm gonna come back. This is not finished. This is not. Like um, this is not finished my career. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix my body and come back. Did you read some of the comments afterwards from Tony Ferguson? At first, I mean, he was very. It felt like he was very respectful, and he was saying, you know, get well soon, tweeting at you. But over time, it's become a little more, you know, I don't know, adversarial, if you will. Um, is this still something that you would like to 
to see happen, you versus Tony? Do you want to move on? How do you feel about it? Mm, I don't know, you know, like, uh, when I, when I pull out, of course, he, he supports me, like, oh, I feel bad about him, good luck, blah, 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 blah. and sometimes now he's he, he still trash talking, but I don't understand, you have to, you have to talk, uh, like, uh, you you have to talk uh, good, or you have to stay still, you know, like, you have to stay still, like, what you say, but I don't understand which position he have. But I don't think too much about him. You know, I have to fix. I have to uh, fix my body. You know, because I pull out. And of course, people are gonna talk bad about this situation, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I understand everything. Mm. I understand he 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 upset. I understand friends upset. Like then uh, all you see that you know. This is not finished. I'm gonna come back. This year, I'm gonna come back for sure. Have you considered fighting at 170? Do you think that would be healthier for you? No, I never fight 170. Why? This is my principle, like because I can make it. I can make. I I, I make 155. Is uh, like all my career. I make all my, my amateur career 155. You know, like all the time I can make and I make 155. Of course, before I think about, oh, maybe I fight 170, super fight, something like this. But I want to say, guys, I never fight 170, never. I know this. Okay. This is my principle. I, I'm going to fight only 155. And I'm going to, now I have you know, different motivation. Uh, I want to the world how I can make one and how I can become U.S. life a champion. This is my different and new motivation. Um, anyone in your circle, your father, your coach, are they, because there's all kinds of reports about you, and that's why I'm happy that we get to talk to you. Is anyone trying to get you to retire? No, nobody. Nobody, nobody. Sorry. I know I know. my father talked about this, but with the Russian media and, and the U.S. media, make like a uh, different translation but how 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 i retired if i have to fight for the title you know now i'm my, i have a very big name and now a lot of big fight is coming how i retired i don't understand who talk about this okay so for the record you're not considering retiring you have many years that you want to keep fighting is that accurate Oh. Sorry, the connection is lost. Oh, there we go. Connection is lost. We'll get him back, hopefully. I mean, I think he, I was just trying to reiterate the point there, but it sounds like uh, any talk of him retiring is at least, as of right now, um, premature. Good to hear. I mean, he is he is owning up to this and saying that it's his fault. Uh, going to Germany, in case you missed us, he's going to Germany to get his body checked out, hopefully going to fight again in around September, which is in five months' time. Uh, as we've talked about before, Ramadan is coming up end of May, so we're getting a little close, and he says that he'd like to get his body checked out, and when he does fight again, he does not want to fight at 170 pounds. He wants to keep fighting at 155 pounds, thinks that he's close. 
And I appreciate this because I saw a lot of people say uh, on, on, on Twitter when we announced that he was going to be on, oh, he's going to, he's going to fire back at Tony. He's going to talk about this. I mean, this is a very sort of subdued. I mean, let's not forget this happened, what, a month ago, less than a month ago at this point, around 30 days ago, right? So this isn't the time to do that. I think we have him back. Habib, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Um, so I was just asking again, just to clear it up, you're not considering retiring and you want to, you're, you're, you're fighting for the foreseeable future, right? Yes, of course. I'm going to fight. First of all, I'm going to fix my body and stay healthy because the last three years, I don't remember when I train or when I'm, go- when I'm going to fight. I'm healthy. You know, I don't remember this because now I'm going to fix everything and come back stronger, you know. And, uh, but about retire, I, I, I don't think about this. I don't think about this. I, I know you said that you don't want to really talk about what you're doing in Germany, but when you say fix yourself, is it like a problem with your knee or your leg, or is it sort of an internal issue, kind of health-related? Do you get what I'm saying? No, this is not about my knee. This is not about ribs. This is about my stomach. Okay. Wow. Do you know what the issue is? Yes, I know. They, 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 they told me. They told me. And I'm, because I'm just come back from Germany. Now, today they give me answer what I have to do. Now I'm going to back to Germany like after a couple of days. Okay. And, and, um, you know, after, after the, 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 the incident of, you know, having to pull out, did you even watch UFC? Like, what did you do when you were in, I, I was told that you were in your hotel room, you were getting better. Were you completely out of it? Were you able to even, you know, understand what was going on? What was that like for you? You know, after this happened, like, like one, one week, I don't understand, like, you know, I feel so bad, you know, like mentally, it's very hard for me, you know, like, but, you know, some, some, you know, like everything can happen, you know, and everybody, everybody, I will, somebody can speak, you know, more like somebody can die, everything can happen, you know, and, you know, God gave me a lot of things, and, you know, thank you for him, like, for everything. But last month, this is not one, not my month. You know, sometimes this happens, but it's okay. I feel about this, like, a little bit bad, but now, you know, like, now I feel good. And I'm going to Germany. I'm going to fix everything. Like, uh, you know. And and now that you know what's wrong, are you do you feel a little bit better? Like mentally, do you feel like okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I know what's wrong. I'm going to go fix it. Do you start? Do you start now to have a little more hope? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Now I I know why happened, what happened, everything. And uh, they they say for me like we're gonna fix this. You have to come here, stay here a little bit, and come here recovery, everything, and uh, you can fight, and uh, you can, you can everything, but, you know, like, we know, we know, we, you know, like, what's interesting, we know a lot, a lot of times, like, uh, wait, when you're cutting weight, you can die, yeah. and I know, like, a couple, one month ago, somebody died in Brazil, before somebody died in uh in Japan, you know, like we know like, sometimes this happens. 
But this, this is, can happen with me too, you know. But uh, if we still cutting weight and if we still like uh, force my, my body, maybe I can die too, you know, like this is very good. We going to hospital and uh, like, no, I don't want to talk about this too much. Okay. Um, can you clear something up for us, Khabib? People keep saying that you were eating cake, tiramisu before the fight. Is this true? What's going on here? Why do I keep seeing this? I don't understand why people talk about this. I don't eat this. You know, we 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 going to we going to restaurant and we chill together, everything. But uh, cutting went only only me cutting weight. You know, but other guys don't cutting weight, and sure. everybody eat everything. But I don't eat in this restaurant. I eat only my food. You know, I don't I don't understand why people talk about this. Okay, so that never happened. Somebody ordered cake and. Yeah. Uh, Somebody order cake and somebody eat cake. Of course, somebody eat cake. Like, but I don't eat nothing. I don't eat this cake. I don't eat nothing. But I don't understand why people talk about this. Um, you said that you want to return in around September. Do you do you think that you will be in a title fight again, or do you think you're going to have to work your way up? This is a very good question. This is a very good question. You know. Who fight for the title? I don't understand. Who who deserves this? Hmm. Who deserves this? I pull out. Maybe I'll do, I don't deserve. Now we have Connor. He gonna fight with uh, Mayweather. He think he wanna fight with Mayweather and and Tony Ferguson. Who? Now this is biggest fight in UFC lightweight division. Tony versus me. This is biggest fight. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I don't understand. I hope, I hope, I fight with Tony. Now this is my dream fight. You know, this is like my dream fight. If you used to say, hey, you wanna fight with, you wanna fight for the title, or you wanna fight with Tony Ferguson? Of course, I say, give me Tony Ferguson. Wow. I wanna fight with him, and you know, like this is my dream fight. I hope I'm gonna fix everything, and I come back, I come back, and I wanna fight with him. This is like my dream fight. You know, if you have, if you say ask, hey, what do you want? Do you want to fight for the title or Tony Ferguson? One hundred percent, I want not Tony Ferguson. Even if it's not for the belt. Even. Wow. Have, have you have you heard him say that he wants assurances if he's going to fight you? Um, he's he's laid these out in in a in a few interviews. Have you heard this? I don't hear this. He said that he, he he basically wants some assurances from the UFC if he's going to accept a fight against you. He wants to be guaranteed certain things from them as far as pay is concerned uh, because he doesn't want to have to go through a training camp and, you know, hope, hopefully it doesn't happen, but something like this happened again. He can do this. Why not? He can do this. Yeah. But I don't, I don't talk about his game. I don't talk about what he wants. This is his problem. But, but I talk about, like, I want to fight with him, like, so badly. This is, like, crazy, you know? Like, this is my number one dream fight. And why September? Why are you, I, mean, I know Ramadan is coming up, right? So you can't fight during that month. Is it, is it more because of Ramadan, or is it because of your health issue that you can't fight until September? First, first of all, I think Ramadan and health, you know, like, I need, like, three, four months to fix my, 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 fix my health. 
and like July, like uh, middle of July, I can train 100%. I hope the doctors, you can train like uh, middle of July, you can 100%. And I need to come back like 70, 75 days. This is like September. I can, I can come back. Okay. Um, are you even able to work out now and things like that? Or do you have to completely be, you know, on the sidelines and relax? No, no, no. Relaxing now, I'm just doing a little bit moving, but no hard training. I cannot train hard. Okay. And and as far as the, the support is concerned, have you, do you feel like you've received a lot of support from the MMA community? Have you been, have you been watching this? Have you been reading about this? <laughs> I don't think somebody now supports me. <laughs> you don't, th- you don't feel that? No, I don't feel this. You feel like everyone's against you? But it's okay. I agree with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's okay. My family is me. No, my brothers, my sparring partners, my teammates, my team, my management team, everybody with me, of course, because these guys know me very well. These guys know me. These guys know how I train, like everything. But other guys, I know like crazy. Fans upset very badly, you know, like, yeah. But it's okay. I agree with these guys. But sometimes, you know, <clears throat> but you know, a lot of fans no understand. You can seek anytime, anywhere. Right. <laughs> but it's okay. So now you kind of feel like you're on an island but by yourself. What? Now you kind of feel like you're by yourself, right? Like everyone's everyone's against you. No, I feel like a lot of fans against me. Wow. I feel this, but it's but it's okay. I I I need like a little bit time, fix my body, come back, make weight, and smash somebody when I come back, and everything becomes like like perfectly. It's okay. You know, so sometimes you lose, sometimes you cannot make way. This is game, you know, and uh, this is MMA. And uh, you have to understand everything can come. And But now I, I, I feel good and what happened, why happened, and I'm going to fix everything. And the next time I'm going to do everything perfectly. Okay. Well, I wish you the best, Khabib. Um, I'm happy to hear that you, you have pinpointed, you know, what's wrong. And I, I hope that everything goes well. Are you going to have to stay in Germany for a long time or is it in and out? Mm, I don't know. Next week when, I go, when I'm going to Germany, I know. Okay. Now they say you have to come back. Now I'm going to come back after a couple of days and <clears throat> we're going to fix this and come back. Okay, so good luck out there. And uh, I know you'll be supporting your, your friend Daniel Cormier, right? Fighting in a big fight. You won't be there, but I'm sure you'll, you'll watch the fight, right? Of course, of course. I'm going to watch this fight. I want to say good luck, uh, DC, because I know, you know, like, this guy trained, like, more than 30 years, you know. He two-time Olympian. He strike force heavyweight champion. Now he UFC light heavyweight champion. These guys... Like you know, like a real legend. You know, he is truly captain of AKA, and you know, everybody love him. I wanna say good luck. Uh, everybody you know this is like it's very hard fight for him. You know, 
and Anthony Johnson is like crazy, you know, like he has like crazy. And I want to say good luck for him, for his team, for everybody, and we want to support him anywhere, anytime. Right. I know he has very big heart. He, he helped me a lot when I come to uh, U.S., you know, like... Um, We everybody love this guy. I want to say good luck for him. And and last thing, Khabib, uh, did you just open a new gym this past week? Yes, we opened a new gym in Moscow, Eagles MMA gym, and now we're going to open in uh, four big cities in Russia. We're going to open gyms, you know, like uh, Eagles MMA team. This is one of the biggest teams in the world. I'm president of this team, you know. Mm. We have a lot of things coming, and you know, like this. And I want to say thank you for my brother Ali Abdelaziz. He supported me last three and a half years. You know, when I work with him, I have ACL, MCL, and I finally come back 2016, and I fight two times. Now I have a little bit problem with my health. You know, he stay with me all the time. He support me. You know, like I love this guy. And, you know, I want to say thank you for him too. All right. Well, uh, I wish you the best, Habib, and uh, you, you've you've overcome a lot. I have no doubt that you will overcome this as well. Uh, good luck in, in Germany. I hope you get well soon. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us. I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. And I hope that we can talk again soon when you're, uh, you're, we have happier things to discuss, your, your, your return and your good health. Yeah, you know, like, thank you, Ariel. I don't want to talk with media, like, no interview, nothing, but when Ali say, hey, Ariel, wanna, want want uh, interview with you, I say, Ariel is loyal to him. Hmm. I'm gonna give him interview. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Salam alaikum. Feel better, and we'll talk to you soon. Alaikum salam. All right, there he is. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, you, can, you can hear the pain in his voice. My heart goes out to him. That is a tough spot. No one that close wants to pull out with so much at stake. He's been through so much. He's overcome so much. And then, I mean, just the worst, the worst luck possible to have to pull out. And, and it's not just pulling out. It's being in pain, being in the hospital, missing weight, all these things and more. These, uh, these, these are things that athletes have to overcome mentally that it's just so hard when you're not just quote unquote failing, you're failing in front of the world, you're failing in front of the public. And now you have to deal with in this day and age, social media, people going on your Instagram, your Twitter, writing you messages, wherever it may be. It just makes it worse. You think this guy wanted to pull out? If you think that Habib wanted to pull out of that fight, I mean, come on to get to that point. And it just makes it worse because it's one thing for, you know, you or I to mess up day-to-day life. You move on. No one really knows about it. I mean, if I mess up on this show, maybe a little more people will know about it, but you get my point. This guy messing up in front of the world, uh, it's its a tough thing. And then you have people reacting and people trying to pour it on. It is a very tough thing to overcome. I wish him the best. One of the very best fighters in the world. Certainly deserving. I disagree with Kevin Lee. Deserving of all the attention that he has received. Has a very passionate fan base. Undefeated. 24-0. That is nothing to sneeze at. And uh, I hope we get him back. And I hope we get him back healthy. You know, it's funny, he kind of, in, in, a, in a way, I, I, I'm, I'm a Knicks fan, as you know, and this past weekend we found out that uh, Derrick Rose 
has another knee injury and he's done for the season and you kind of start to wonder what if, what if this guy was healthy? What if he never got injured the first time, never tore his ACL? One of those classic what if stories. You hope that Habib doesn't become one of those because you saw that he was, I mean, he was a talent to, you know, to, to, to definitely pay attention to and he was backing up everything and again, undefeated and he was so close to a title shot, so close to so many big fights. I hope that this isn't, you know, a string of injuries or bad luck or health issues that are going to follow him for for the rest of his career. Speaking of the New York Knicks, some exciting news that I saw earlier. My favorite athlete of all time, Patrick Ewing, getting a head coaching job, a head coaching job, I should say, with uh, Georgetown University. How exciting is that? That's very exciting. Finally becoming a head coach, Patrick Ewing, my favorite athlete of all time. Growing up, I idolized Patrick Ewing. I used to draw his jersey all over my school books. Number 33, that was my favorite number. When I turned 33, that was a great birthday. I wanted to be 33 because of Patrick Ewing. Now he is the head coach of his alma mater, Georgetown University. How cool is that? That's amazing. Great to see. I don't know why the Knicks never hired him but that's a different discussion for a different day. All right, we have a bit of a break in the action here. I think our uh, our internet problems have been resolved. Is that accurate? We're back. Wow, great timing there. I mean, I only worked a month to try to get that Habib interview. I mean, could we have not done it during the Kevin Lee interview? Maybe that would have been yeah. more apropos. <laughs> Kevin's about to go on Junkie Radio and yeah. lay the hammer down. Well, that was That was great. Which one, Kevin Lee or the oh, internet? Yeah. No, yeah. The internet going down was uh, best. What happened? I jinxed us. I said, oh, ever since we moved to this new uh, office. Gotta gotta, gotta learn. Can't, yeah. can't do that. Damn internet. Um, so unpredictable. Yeah. No, that was good with you and Kevin. Well, if you missed any portion, I think it was the back end of that uh, Habib interview. I saw some tweets about the front part of it. Um, that was where the real news was. But if you missed any portion, we should have the replay up or the audio on iTunes in a matter of moments, correct? Uh, correct. We will have uh, we will have a, a clip for you on YouTube, and we will have uh, the full show up on iTunes Audio. Now, when I say matter of moments, I mean like in the next couple minutes, right? Yeah, we're going to uh, <laughs> go forward in time. Yes, complete the show, go back in time, post it, and uh, everything will be hunky dory. What'd you make of Kevin Lee's? I'll say this vibe, if you I'll will. Say this. Yes, a lot of times when people have a gripe. They don't really know where it comes from. They can't really point to specifics. They can't really um, bring the evidence. Sure. Kevin oh, wow. Lee, You're actually backing him. Uh, Kevin Lee made a compelling case Whoa. for what what narrative he was trying to tell. I, I think that... Honest to God, I've never seen his tweets. Never seen Now, they're there, though. They're there. I mean, look, I get so and many he, tweets. How can, I, listen, how can I see he, them all? He is citing... Uh, an, uh, um, an event, an occurrence that yes. happened at one of the shows that you have thought of completely differently and he thought of as a slight. Now, that's where the, the ambiguity comes in um, because I can't imagine you would, you know, do that and slight him on, on, on any, you know. No, but look, intent. the show is on once a week. Yep. I'm trying. I try very hard. If people well, only knew how hard it was to book this damn show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get the most interesting guests, relevant guests, biggest names possible each and every week. I try my hardest. I can assure you of that. 
And he just hasn't been in the biggest fights. Now, yep. personality-wise, I love his personality. Yeah. And and maybe it's on me. Maybe I should have had him on after the Jake Matthews win. Maybe I should have had him on a month. I don't remember, you know, like before the Trinaldo fight, right after the Trinaldo fight. Fine. I don't remember him, like him saying that I walked away, the scrum. Right. I don't know. I, I'm actually usually, this is what happens in the scrum. So we're backstage. They don't let us do the one-on-one interviews anymore. So now they bring everyone back and it's, you know, a scrum. And for the most part, I, I, when I'm there, I take part in these scrums. Sometimes I either miss the fight or there's not much in my opinion to talk about. Like when we were doing the interviews, we didn't interview every single fighter. And I get the sort of puppy dog eyes like, oh, you're not going to come to the scrum. So I go to the scrum, even though I don't have any questions to ask. And, and then sometimes something happens. I have to go talk to someone. I get a text. I don't know. And so I just kind of quietly sidestep if I'm not, or if I've already asked my questions, we're still recording it. I'm going to watch it. I just can't be there in that moment. So maybe that happened, but quite honestly, I don't remember it happening. And I am kind of surprised that he still remembers it, but maybe he was offended. I don't know. Yeah. He has sensitive, uh, he's sensitive. He's a, he's a sensitive guy. He's got thin skin. What can I say? All I'm saying is that he at least, he at least. Tr- sure. Good he wasn't things. just coming out with he nonsensical yeah, stuff. He wasn't saying, you don't like me because of this and that. And it's. Although he is confusing like our role. Like my role isn't sure. to necessarily promote him. I mean, I know having people on the show is a promotion. You know, we're shining a light on certain guys, but the UFC really hasn't gone out of their way to push this guy. I mean, how much do we really know about Kevin Lee, courtesy of the UFC? How many big fights has he been a part of? How many like top two co-main or tri-main or main? You know what I mean? I, mean, I, I could go through his whole record now, but how many times has he been on the main card? Yeah. So is it really, I mean, is it really on me? Or is it, you know, kind of on them as well, the promoter? It's on all of us. It's on all of us. It was fun though. It was good. It was fun. It was good to hear from Khabib. And uh, I appreciate him coming on. In around 25 minutes or so, we're going to be joined by King Mo. He has that uh, he has that win now over Rampage Jackson in his back pocket. So he gets to avenge that loss to him, the controversial loss. A lot of people thought he won the first fight. Now he beats him on Friday night. And now he's fighting Ryan Bader on June 24th. A couple things to run by you while we have this break in the action. Hit me. Um, before I get to the, the things... Let me say one more time, thank you very much to the Marines. You were supposed to remind me of this. Where were you? I mean, you're just blaming everybody. Did you know that every Marine has the willingness to engage and the determination to defeat any adversary? Failure is not an option. Every value, tradition, and lesson learned from battle are imbued into every Marine. It's what they are all made of and how the Marine Corps develops quality citizens. Marines don't fight for glory, Eric. They fight for honor. They live by a code that isn't written or spoken. It is lived. Shout out to the Marines. There's no call to action here. No Marines.com or anything like that. I'm, I'm just, I think people know where they can find them. I'm just <laughs> Where do you find the Marines? At your local, at your local shopping mall? Where, where do they hang out? Well, I know the one thing. You can probably go to Marines.com. Let me make sure. It's marines.com. Good call. Or USMC on Twitter. Hopefully their internet works. Okay, a couple other things. Um, RDA versus Tarek Safadine. So RDA, 170 pounds. Appears as though, according to several reports, it's going down in Singapore in June. Do you like this fight for RDA and his uh, welterweight? Is it his welterweight debut? I think he may have fought a welterweight way back when. 
I also but anyhow, in his seem return. to recall him fighting at welterweight, yeah. obviously. So, um, yeah, great fight. Good good stylistic matchup. Um, it will kind of kind of show us where he's at now. Colby like Covington it. was campaigning for this fight. He even put out this uh, picture of a uh, yeah. Gmail and even took a shot at me in there. Did you see that? I didn't see the shot at you. What was it? I don't I know. Did it was something the, about the my nose. Gmail. It was something about my nose. I mean, isn't the Photoshop Gmail, isn't that kind of like a 2011 thing? I like it. Okay. I still like it. All right. I think it was solid uh, trash talk. Okay. Would you have preferred that fight over the Safadine fight? No. Nah. This is a bigger fight. This is a bigger fight. It's a nice... I, I, I didn't want to see him fight a top, you know, a top 10 guy. At 170, I mean, I don't know, I mean, top five. I mean, I know early on there was some talk of that, or at least he was pushing for that. I think this is a nice entrance back, and it's a big fight for Safadine as well to get his, you know, to get some momentum at uh, 170 pounds. Um, what about Fabricio Verdum and Alistair Overeem? That was reported, not officially announced. Number three, you like that one? I love that fight. Some people were saying, oh, I would rather see Overeem or Verdum fight a Nganu type. Nah. This is the fight. Love this. Remember their second fight. Why do you love it so much? Uh, because I remember the second fight very well, and I feel like it had a lot of unanswered questions. I feel like there was opportunities that Verdum didn't really capitalize on. Yeah. Um, I want to see it. It's amazing how much more confident Verdum has become in his striking. That was kind of the turning point, to be honest. That fight, um, I thought he was getting, if not equal, the better of Overeem uh, when he was striking, but he did too much butt scooting, and if he hadn't, I feel like he would have had a good case on, on winning that fight. 2017, Verdum isn't doing that. That's the most fascinating thing about all this. And it's amazing. Yeah. It feels like right after that fight, he started to get a lot more confident. I in think that was that. I think it was that fight. I think yeah. he realized he could hang and, or, you know, I don't, I'm not about to pretend to be in his, in his head and, you know, think about his motivations, but it seemed from that fight onward, uh, we had seen a much more confident uh, Verdum and, and much better on his feet. Now, what do you make of this uh, Michael Bisping ultimatum? Did you hear about this? He said, GSP, hurry the F up. If not, I'm fighting Yoel Romero. Do you believe this? You buying this? Are you selling it? Sure. You believe it? You believe he's being serious? I think he wants to fight. I don't think he's got... He's so uh, close to that payday. Let's just say that GSP is staying true to his word and, and saying, I can only fight in, in uh, September. Bisping is saying, I want to fight July 8th. And I, and, I, and I feel, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but I feel like someone is kind of nudging him to say this. The UFC needs a, you know, a big fight on that card. Do you really think that he's going to come back two months earlier and risk that payday after all these years, never made a million dollars? Yeah, probably not. He's probably um, just trying to nudge him. Yeah, probably not. I wouldn't want to rush into a fight with Yo Romero anyway. It's not really rushing. I mean, it's still three months away, but I just don't, I mean, we're talking about Two months difference. Yeah. Not that big of a difference. Probably not. And then this whole thing with him and Tyron Woodley. I mean, this is nonsense. <laughs> no one's asking even, for this fight. Let's not even talk about this. No one's even asking for it. Um, do we have a winner? We do. Oh, what do we got? So not like two minutes after we said it. Jeez. The first person who posted on the website got it correct. 14 fighters. You ready? Should I list them? Please. Alistair Overeem. Correct. Mark Hunt. Mm-hmm. Vitor Belfort. Mm-hmm. Anderson Silva. Gegard Mousasi, Gilbert Melendez, Josh Barnett, Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, Shogun Hua, Fabricio Verdum, Big Nog. Little Nog. Oh, sorry, Little Nog. Yeah. Whoops. Um, I had Big Nog on the brain. Yeah. Uh, Hector Lombard, Takanori Gomi. Boom. That's all of them. 
That's and 14. there were quite a few people who got them right. How did these people get it? In fact, one person really had idea. the same thought as me, and the the second reply that we got, who also uh, was very quick, same same timestamp, uh, mentioned Rampage, who I also thought. So he's kind of like qualify. that tweener. Yeah, because as we know, and we've seen the stories lately, sure. uh, he is now owed to the UFC if he if he comes back to fight. He has a contract. Wow. So who's the winner? It is. The username is Ramsey TK, R A M S A Y T K. So on, he just has uh, to send us. Com. He has to send us his uh, email address. Let me find out here. I'll I'll figure out a way to connect. Okay, but how about this? We've got runner-up prizes. Uh oh. We've got. Oh, I forget what it was. It's like what. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Uh, two months. I think it's two months. So that guy gets three months. Three months. But Congrats. second and third place. Is there a second and third place? Second place was the one who listed Rampage as well, but got the other 14 correct. What's his name? Let's give him a shout out. Heyhu, H-E-H-U-42. <laughs> Heyhu, 42. Okay. And then our next one after that was Bilal C, uh, who also got them all correct. Uh, the, obviously, I don't think there's anybody who put wrong answers. I, I, I'm surprised that everyone got it so quickly. It's the type of thing you can Google. I, can I mean, you? Can you actually Google like active fighters? Pr- there's probably a list somewhere yeah. of like fighters, active fighters who fought in Pride, and then you just have to weed out the UF, you know, to the UFC ones. Um, especially if you give them a number, it's easy. Once you get to, you know, once you get to that number, you know you've you've got them all. If we had said how many are there, then I feel like there kind of, there could have been some, some things that uh, were misrepresented. But uh, All right, so there you have it. Courtesy of Fight Pass. 14 UFC fighters fight currently on the roster have once fought for Pride. There were a couple that I thought people may not get, like Lawler, maybe Melendez. I don't know. But yeah, I guess I underestimated our audience. Now, I have a boat to pick with you. Talk to me. <sighs> this is going to get awkward. Late last week, you know, you have another job. I do. I get a, I get a press release from you promoting another podcast and not just another podcast in minute. our sphere. Time out. And this has really been... Time out. Not a press release. It's really been a sticking point with me. It's like I've been tossing and turning. I haven't been able to go to sleep. I'm like, is, is, is New York Rick Benedict Rick? Benedict Rick? You want to try that again? Benedict Rick? Okay. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that the new name here? Have um, you? I mean, is is this knife yours? Yeah, not the one in my spine, not just in my back, in my spine. I get a press release from New York Rick, not a press release touting this podcast with Cody Garbrandt, and I guess yep. the owner of On It. That's correct. Aubrey Marcus talked to Cody Garbrandt. Some big news. Yeah, Co- uh, here's a guy who works on an MMA podcast, and he's out there promoting a different MMA podcast. Yeah, you know, got to pay the bills, buddy. You didn't feel like this was a strange thing to do? No, not at all. How many people did you send this email out to? 10, 11, 12. That's even weirder. If it was personal, if it was just to me, then okay, fine. Hey, I think you'd find this interesting. You know, we sometimes, Woj does a podcast. I send it to you, vice versa. But you're actually going out and promoting another podcast. You don't feel like that's a conflict? Uh, No, I don't at all. It's my job, in fact. (laughs) <laughs> when when do you promote other podcasts i've never um, seen you do this when a client has one first time i've seen you promote this one or any 
Yeah. It was, it's a new podcast? It's a new podcast. It was time to promote. Jeez. Are we going to continue doing this? Like, is this a thing? It depends if there's news, if there's news to share. Jeez. This hurts. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a little distracted. What's happening? There's a different winner. Somebody what? got theirs in first. They brought it to my attention. Wow. Abdel Riff, he got it in first. So on the site? It. Yeah, on the site. Were there that many that it was you... just sloppy? Yeah, I mean there were quite a few, but it was like he he didn't list them. He like wrote them as one long stream of consciousness. Um, also, he posts like you know seven times a day, um, so there was a lot to to sift through. But don't uh, hate on him for that. He got you it. No, that. no, he's a he's a big fan. I, I love that guy. Um, he's he's one of the he's he's picking he's taking up the mantle from James Glory, who uh, I hope is well, but we haven't seen in the where's he been? Wow, yeah, I don't know. I miss him. Um, so that's look at you winner. changing the subject. Okay, that's so who's the new winner? Abdel Riff. Abdel Riff, and then the other guy who you thought was the winner is he's, now he's a runner up. And then there's another. So one guy isn't getting it. Yeah, unfortunately. Maybe we can in get fact, him like a it's 10 It's good. Day. Bilal, see, he didn't list um, Melendez oh. anyway. So forget that guy. I mean, not only are you out there promoting other podcasts, you're messing up our our prize. How dare you? So what's, what's you know, I mean, honestly, how do we fix this? <laughs> how do we fix this? I mean, here you are. Yeah, should, talk to me. Should I pull it up? Um. Hey, this is, uh, I mean, and the weird thing was, is that you were sort of presenting yourself as New York Rick of the MMA Hour fame to try to... I, uh, I don't recall that at all, actually. In <laughs> fact, I didn't use any uh, emails not related to my, uh, it's my just, job with I mean, Jack Taylor. Let me know if you, if you disagree with me, anyone out there in the, uh, in the podcast sphere. Do you, do you feel like I'm being overly sensitive? Am I pulling a Kevin Lee here? I'm going to have to be Kevin Lee soon. Or... You know, is there sort of an understanding that, yes, you do have another life Tuesday through Friday or Tuesday through Sunday, if you will. But I mean, podcast feels like, or maybe, or maybe, you know what I would have said if I were you, maybe you say, look, you're not a podcast. You're a little more than a podcast. There's a video component, streaming usually, you know. There's maybe, a video component to this as yeah. well. So. Oh, to that one? Yeah. It was a video. It's on YouTube. You saw it, or did you not click it because you were I so didn't hurt? Click. Are you kidding you were me? So hurt. I won't touch that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> and by the way, can I just say I'm not sure I buy this whole thing. I'm not sure I buy this whole idea of well, Cody Garbrandt fighting. For you to decide. I mean, well, here's the thing. I felt like it was a bit of a publicity stunt. I think is Cody Garbrandt really going to go down to fight DJ? What's the point? How does that make any sense? What's the point from what perspective? From Cody's perspective or from DJ's? From Cody's perspective, it's not a money fight. It's not going to sell a million pay-per-views. So no, why are you going to go down? Holding the two belts is important these days. I feel like that's that's something Okay, that's then been on the flip side, DJ is going to, if he wins, tie the record, right? Yeah. And then he's going to break the record if he fights again in, say, September or so. Do you really think that he's going to risk it against no, the bigger guy? Down the line, uh, Cody still has the TJ Dillashaw fight right. to get through. July. So he has to he has to win that, first of all, before he you know thinks about any... Uh, holding any belt simultaneously, um, there's plenty of time to to kind of make that work. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I, I mean, look, it worked from a promotional standpoint. It worked. I think it was an opportunity to get the word out, have you send the press release. You know, New York Rick of MMA Hour fame. But I signed it, New York Rick MMA Hour fame. I, I'm not sure if I'm buying it. By the way, my um, mother just texted me and she says she agrees with me 100 percent that it was. I don't know if I believe that you're relaying that message. She disagrees. I, you know, quite frankly, I don't really understand what she wrote here. She said, I do disagree totally, but maybe yes. she disagrees with me. She does disagree with you. Let's get clarification on that. Get her on the phone. Just kidding. Um, 
All right. Well, maybe, you know, next time you send out the press release, don't include me. How about that? Yeah, that's, that's fine. We'll, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to click on it anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave you off the list. I'm very uh, territorial for, when it comes to the these news. things. Um, look, you don't want to hear the latest from Cody Garbrandt? I do. I love Cody Garbrandt. You're not going to get it. I just feel like, you know, there's an understanding here. Oh, she clarified. She agrees with me. So for that's the record, she's got my back. Disappointing. Mm-mm. Anything else you want to say about it? No, I feel like uh, we we overcovered it. <laughs> um, a couple things I wanted to say about World Series of Fighting, if I can, while I'm on this little hill of mine. Yep. Soapbox, if you will. Uh, so last week I, I reported that Justin Gaethje is in free agency period, but they have an opportunity to match any of the offers that he receives. So I guess you can play the semantics game and say like, Oh, you're not technically a free agent now. Although you are, if you follow the sports, there's like restricted free agent and non-restricted and we can get into all of that. And I've talked about how the term free agency doesn't really apply to MMA. It's, I know it's a fun thing to say and talk about, but it's not quite free agency. But anyhow, then I had uh, Ray Seffo, president of world series of fighting go on Twitter and say, uh, check your sources. This isn't true. And I was like, Oh really? Because I actually had three sources confirm this. And, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in this sort of thing. So I actually texted Ray and said, oh, hey, Ray, you know, uh, hope you're well. Uh, what was inaccurate about the story? And he said, he's not a free agent. And I said, okay, well, when's his next fight? Didn't respond. I said, is it, is it here, here's exactly what I said to him. You know, I thought that that was interesting. So you, you're going to say, and then I had uh, another member of the World Series of Fighting senior team, if you will, say to me, uh, yeah, you, you should probably reach out to us because your story was inaccurate. So I said, okay, what was inaccurate about it? He's not a free agent. All right. Well, why are other people telling me he's a free agent? Why am I hearing that he's involved in talks with another organization or other organizations, plural? No response. The inaccurate part is that Justin isn't a free agent. He's still under contract with us. I mean, I guess you could say that because there's that matching period, but it appears right now he's not going back to World Series fighting. And I've been reporting this since November. So I took umbrage with the fact that he's tweeting to the world that my sources are wrong, that my reporting is inaccurate, and he won't actually clarify what's the real inaccurate part of it. I mean, yeah, you want to play the semantic game and after the fact say, oh, he was under contract and we had the right to match and we decided not to match, fine. But let's not pretend like his next fight is going to be at World Series of Fighting. And I know that they're in a tough spot. I know that they are about to lose Marlon Moraes. I know they just lost David Branch, middleweight and light heavyweight champion. And they're on the verge of losing Gaethje. And we don't know what the status is of John Fitch. So let's take John Fitch out of the equation. That's 50% of their champions right there. Have new investors. I get what they're trying to do, but I don't appreciate calling me a liar. And then not even clarifying What's the part that you really think I'm lying about? And then when I ask you, okay, when's his next fight? Okay, is it not true that you have the right to match until May? And if you don't match until May, then he can actually just walk away with no right to match. Is that not true? No response to that. I don't know. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I feel like World Series of Fighting, when they first came out, and you could say all you want, there was a major conflict of interest going on there. Ali Abdelaziz, manager, acting as a matchmaker, as an executive, that couldn't that couldn't continue. That Thing doesn't fly in boxing and, and, and if we're being honest it continues to happen in mixed martial arts it happens with other organizations other managers can't continue it's a big problem 
the promotion was a lot more relevant back then. I mean, that's just a fact. Anthony Johnson, Andre Arlovsky, they found Marias, they found Gaethje, they reinvented David Branch's career. Now, I don't know what they are. I mean, they're just kind of there. They don't make any money off this NBC deal. And I just kind of, it just bothered me that they would, I mean, in your position, you're trying, and if I was in their position, I wouldn't make enemies with the media. I would try to, you know, get on good terms with them. And you're going to call me a liar and then not even say what you think I'm lying about. Gaethje's a free agent. And you can play the semantic game all you want. You could say that, oh, and I know, I, I know I probably just lost the audience here. None of you care about this. I'm sorry. But this type of thing kind of gets under my skin. Don't come out and say, check your sources. You're wrong. And then not even explain what your stance is. I mean, you, you, you can't do that. That's, that's just not right. And I have it from multiple sources. Anyway. I hope we see Justin Gaethje in the UFC. I hope, I, I think if I'm Bellator, I think we, we, you know, if, if I'm sitting here, I'm like, wow, we should go make a run for this guy. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Justin I mean, Gaethje versus anybody. The, the, the Bellator lightweight division is a bit thin right now. And Chandler's kind of gone through, you I mean, Pitbull and Benson, he's fighting Brent Primus. But can you imagine Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler? Can have his own sponsors would probably get pushed. If I'm Bellator, I go after him as well. Okay, last thing before I go get uh, King Mo. Mm -hmm. Daniel Cormier, the underdog versus Rumble Johnson. Oh, yeah. I want to ask you about that. I know it bothers him. Yeah. Keeps mentioning it. I don't think it's... I think... I don't think it's accurate. I don't think it's on point. This is what I'll say. And I hate I hate the term puncher's chance. I hate the the description of guys who have, you know, one hitter quitter power and if they touch you, it's you know, they can end a fight at any time. And um I hate that kind of thing. But it's hard to avoid with Rumble Johnson. The man is just so powerful. Like kicks, punches. He has he has all the tools. And um he damn near ended Daniel Cormier last time. I could it really is true of him that if he if he touches if he touches you it's going to be a rough night so um his power is hard to overlook when you're thinking about this because Cormier has to kind of dance with him for for at least a few rounds um just because I don't think I you know maybe he he can submit him early but I I think more likely it would be it would happen in the later rounds um I think he's going to have to dance with him for a certain amount of time, and and that is playing with fire. Wait, are you saying right here that you're picking Rumble? No, I'm picking Cormier, but he's the type of fighter that can end a fight in the blink of an eye. Like it's just. So you think it's justified? I think it's justified. I'd. What is it? More than anything, I would just be. I would be hesitant to bet on Cormier uh, more so than I'm. You know, gung ho about Rumble. So. Right now at five dimes, one of the one of the sports books, Rumble is minus one twenty, Cormier is plus one hundred, and not for anything that Daniel does. I would say that about uh, about anybody against Anthony Johnson, except maybe John Jones. John Jones is the only exception to this to this uh, rule because I'd pick John Jones uh, over anybody pretty easily. Um, but it's it's hard to to discount Rumble's power. Um, so I, I I understand it, but more than anything, I would go. I would go away from betting on Rumble Johnson opponents more so than, you know, picking him outright every single time. 
Is he a big favorite? No, minus one twenty. Very okay. very small. And and what's uh a pick him. Plus one hundred for a corner. Oh, okay. What about in the uh Weidman fight? Let's see what we got. And then I'm gonna go get Mo. That one is very interesting. Uh Weidman plus one fifteen, Musasi minus one thirty five. Wow, Weidman I, underdog. Yeah, I mean it's hard if you're looking at the, the last couple of fights, Gegard has been very impressive and Weidman has not been. So yeah. it's it's hard to go against that. Um I, I think that those odds are pretty close to where they should be. If they were flipped, even I wouldn't necessarily think it was it was so terrible. But that would just mean that I, th- I think an underdog play on Weidman is reasonable and justifiable. But um, it's a close one. All right. Yeah. And how about Gegard Musasi telling uh, Luke Thomas on his serious show that this is the last fight on his UFC contract? This is a guy that has had a relationship with Scott Coker in the past. He's looking very good. Could you imagine big win over Chris Weidman in Buffalo? I would have to think Scott Coker and company will be interested in him. He says, show me the money. Another interesting storyline. I really love these these two top fights. rest of the main event, or I should say the main card, is Cynthia Calvillo. So they're bringing her back a month after her win at UFC 209. She's fighting Pearl Gonzalez. Patrick Cote fellow Montrealer, fighting Tiago Alves. So Tiago Alves is done apparently at 155 pounds. Curious to see how he looks. Big fight for Cote as well. And really big fight for Will Brooks. Will Brooks fighting Charles Oliveira at 155 pounds. That's the main card. Buffalo. I've never been to Buffalo. Lifelong Buffalo Bills fan, and I've never been to Buffalo. I wonder how far Orchard Park, where the Bills play, is from the arena over there where the Sabres play. I know it used to be the HSBC. I think they changed the name. I'm excited to go to Buffalo. Short flight. Good people over there. Never been. It's an exciting time. So that's a Saturday. This past Friday, our pal King Mo Lowell, big win over Rampage Jackson. And then he went straight from Chicago to Orlando to take in WrestleMania and he didn't stay true to his word. Unbelievable. What a shocker. I could have called that one a mile away. He's joining us now on the phone. King Mo, are you there? Yeah, man. Come on, man. What happened? Look, Goldberg gave me tickets. Goldberg gave me tickets, man. I was in the, I was in the suites. I had to go. Goldberg himself gave you a ticket? Like, hey, he left his, t- left his tickets for me, my boy Twan, um, Hartnett, and his brothers. Wow, so, and the Bobby Wall was there too, like you know, with his with his son. So, you know, we had a you know we had a good time like there because we we met some people there. You know, I saw Ron Strowman, I saw um, I saw um, Kevin Owens sitting sitting at the same place with his family. It was everybody was there. Everybody was there, man. You know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Jake the Snake. I saw um, Eric, you know, some of my former um TNA coworkers, um, Bobby Roode, you know, EY. Saw them all. Wait, so so did cool. you did you leave Friday night or did you leave Saturday morning? I left Saturday morning. Wow. And then you went straight. And you know, I, I, I just I just stumbled upon your Instagram and this is the funniest thing. I mean, the whole thing is just you posing like a fanboy with all these old wrestlers. Barry Windham, <laughs> Akeem and Slick. Yeah. I mean Billy Billy Gunn. I had to do it. Which yeah. was the which was the best one? Which which one did you really mark out for? Oh man, um, I came, I came in slick. I want to see um, Bob, Bobby Eaton, but I came in slick. 
And then um, Ron Simmons, my, my Ron Simmons, my dog. You know, he's cool. Gilbert was cool. Oh yes, number. I might be in there for the for some boxing matches this weekend. And Gilbert was like, hit me up. Marge and Nate, everybody was cool. Marge and Nate was real cool. Where did you Man, see all it, these it guys? Was, it was nice. At the Russell Con, I had to do a signing there too, so I was there. But when I went there, I signed. I was like, man, I need to get some pictures and meet some people and just, just you know, be a fanboy a little bit. You know what I'm saying? How many of these guys knew who you were? All of them did. Oh, that's amazing. That yeah. must be so cool. Now, it actually pretty, it was, but at the same time, I was like, look, I'm a bigger fan. Like, as a Christian, like, listen, Christian. <laughs> You know, man, super cool, man. He was talking yeah. MMA with me, like, yeah, like he he knows the MMA. You know, same thing as Shane Helms. That's my dog, Hurricane. I've always been, I've been cool with him. You know, I, I some of these people I already knew, but I just wanted to take pictures, newer pictures with them. You know what I'm saying? So, and it, it was a good thing. Yeah, Christian was on this show a couple of weeks ago, and I was actually really impressed with his MMA knowledge. The guy knows his stuff. Yeah, they they know their stuff for real. Damn, Akeem is big, huh? Yeah, he's big, but he's real cool. He's real cool. <laughs> That's and and, and, then, and then you went to the Ring of Honor show. Yeah. And did it great did it, show, man? Yeah, did it exceed your expectations? Uh, yeah, well, no, because it's Ring of Honor. I was expect good this Ring of Honor, and it provided. I'm gonna be real with you, man. It's gonna sound bad, but um, WrestleMania was okay. Oh, here we go. Um, the best. Okay, um, AJ Styles versus McMahon. Shane was a great match. <clears throat> that was the best match. But the biggest pop and the best thing after that or along with that was the Hardys. But the bad thing about the Hardys was that it wasn't the broken Hardys. It was just a normal Hardys. Right. Just to see them back and win the, win the belt was great. But other than that, like, like you know, um, the rest of it was kind of like, you know, it was cool. But it wasn't like, you know, after, after WrestleMania, I went, I went to go watch the, the Wrestle Circus and that was that was the top show that I went to, Wrestle Circus. Then it was um, Ring of Honor, the Supercard of Honor, and then it was a WWE um, WrestleMania next. Wait a second. Last After night. the card on on Sunday night last yeah. night, you went to see another card. Yeah, I, I didn't get home till four. Get to the hotel till four thirty. Yeah, I went to go watch the um, um, wrestle, um, the um, Wrestle Circus. What is that? ACH was there. Leo Rush, Moose. <laughs> Um, weren't you tired wasn't it like a nine hour card wasn't it like a really long Wrestlemania yeah yeah but but the Wrestle Circus got me hyped because man Joey Ryan was there the the king of sleeves Joey Ryan was there wow you know Willie Mack was there you know what I'm saying suicide man it was it was was off the chain man because it was like it was was a smaller setting and the venue like we were staying by the ring so if people were doing like any type of like, you know, high flying moves, we had to move out the way. People were like, I do got super kicked and I throw out of my feet. <laughs> I was right there, man. It was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> um, okay. Is, can you explain the whole broken thing for me? I mean, what, what is this? The broken mad heart. I saw these people. I didn't watch. I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not just being, I'm not just being you last week here. I'm actually being honest. I did not watch. I didn't plan on watching. <laughs> I just wasn't interested. But what's this broken Matt? Because Of course I remember the Hardy boys, all that stuff. What is broken Matt Hardy? And why wasn't he broken Matt Hardy this time? Well, broken Matt Hardy is just a character. Okay. It's broken Matt Hardy. He's like broken. He's like a different man. He's like Bray Wyatt. But then, then his brother was his brother Nero, and he's like broken. You know what I'm saying? And um, Jeff. they speak different. Yeah, yeah. But he goes up brother Nero. There's no more Jeff. It's brother Nero. Oh, really? And, uh, 
it's, it, yeah, they speak different. They act different. Um, you know, everything. It sounds like a, like, a, like a broken, like English type of. I don't know, it's a weird type of accent we speak them, but the thing is, TNA is was suing them for use of that character. So they couldn't use that character anymore. Ah. Uh. So, so they, were, they were the broken hardies when they faced the Young Bucks. But when they went to WWE, I'm pretty sure WWE was like, you know what? We don't want no part of this lawsuit. Just go back to the hardies and we'll handle it from there. Oh, I see. Okay, so now they're just going to be Jeff and Matt. One of those things. Yeah, I know, I know. You, you marked out You marked out hard when they came out, right? Yeah, because I was going to be the broken parties. I was like, oh. So I started chanting delete. You know, and I was, I was chanting. Why do I people say delete? What's the delete thing? Because, because that's what, um, that's what um, uh, Broken Matt Hardy says. He'll delete you or he'll eat you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you'll, you'll become obsolete. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just like, it's weird stuff. But it's funny, though. So, um. The crowd saying delete. Of course, I was too. I was, man, I was like a little groupie, like a little eight-year-old girl. You know, what I'm saying? I was screaming. <laughs> and then I noticed that they weren't doing the delete chants, and I was like, "Hold on, what's this?" Uh-huh. And then I, I'm, I heard the old Hardy music, and I was like, "Whatever, you know, they had to do something." But just you know, I started thinking maybe they have no time to put together some music for them. So I was like, I was excited to see them, and then um, once I realized it was the Hardys, I was like, "Okay, I'm glad to see them back, but I want the broken gimmick better." I like that better. I want that back. But hopefully it comes back. We'll see. How cool is it that JR is back? Um, I thought he was just back for one match. Oh, no. Now they announced a two-year deal. Oh, that's great. You know what I'm happy for, man? You know, he went through a tough period Yeah. Um, with his wife passing. But, you know, it, it's good to have him back, man, because he's, he's, a, he's a legend, man. How you know, he, what are you thinking about? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just he, he. When you think about some of the top, the, the best times in WWE, he's, you hear his voice. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, I think he's glad he's back. How many manias have you been to? Uh, that's my first one. For real? Wow. Yeah. It must have been cool with the ramp, that huge ramp, all that stuff. I mean, come on, you must have loved it. Well, the thing is, I was in like, it's crazy because I was so distracted because, like, I was in the VIP area, so I saw, like, there guys that wrestled and came up to where we're at. Like oh. there got some NXT there. Wow. You know, Roger Strong. So who like I was by I saw Jake, you know, saw boys saw Jake the Snake Roberts. I saw I saw Jim Duggan. I saw Teddy Yassi. I saw everybody. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was it was cool. So I was distracted meeting people and man, it, it that that was the main thing. But I feel like during WrestleMania weekend, like I'll go there, but I won't partic- I won't go watch WrestleMania from now on. Like I don't Stop like it! What? Or something like that, but You're going back to no, this again? No, you loved it. Come on! No, no, no. The shows, the shows that go on during that week, kill WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm dead serious. I'm there's no like, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Like you know, um, the Wrestle Circus. I'm a big fan now because some of the stuff I've seen them do on that card was ridiculous. Like I've never seen before. I've often thought this. Don't you feel like MMA promotions should look at what happens WrestleMania weekend? Like you can't do it every weekend, but like look at the Hall of Fame. Look how big of a deal that thing is. You know, everyone comes dressed up and they make it into a whole big deal and they sell out all these tickets. And then these other promotions, like I feel like Invicta should always go where the UFC goes, or at least you know once a year try to. And they, they've done it a couple times. And even Bellator, like why not? If there's a big UFC, go that same weekend or go, go that Friday or Thursday. Get the media there, get the fans. Don't you feel like they should do that more in MMA? 
Well, the thing is, they would, but the thing is, like, the most of the MMA is how it bodies to the route. Mm-hmm. Um, here, um, like, uh, with pro wrestlers, like, they all like, like, all right, let's all make money, you know? We're going to make money, and then we're going to pass it down to the rest of the wrestlers for y'all. So if you want me to come, come hustle, too. And that's what they do, but MMA is like, I'm making money. I like no one else make no one else make money. I'm like I'm gonna keep this making money as well. Ah, so you think that they're not being inclusive? They're actually boxing out the smaller guys. Yeah, look at look at all the contracts. Look at look what everything is contracts. Like like you know like Bellator. Like you know say say um Daniel and Luke Walk calls up to a Bellator card. Bellator would show them on a TV screen, but like, UFC champion or MMA champion Daniel Cormier, Luke Walk call you know. You know, UFC contender Habib Narmegamedov or UFC champion Conor McGregor, whatever. But you, you, if you're a Bellator fighter, you go to the UFC UFC shows. Yeah. They don't mention you. They'll just like they'll they'll, they'll 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 try their best not to mention you. Even if you corner somebody, they'll try their best not to mention you because they want all the money. They don't want they don't want the thing is like they don't recognize they recognize the UFC. They only really recognize MMA. They just their brand is UFC. They don't care about MMA. That's all it is, and, and I understand because they're trying to make a, they're trying to get all the money. Didn't people used to say that about WWE? Ha, ha, has that changed? Uh, well, I think it's I think people did say that, but I think that now that you have like Ring of Honor doing their thing, New Japan doing their thing, TNA trying to do their thing now, and wrestlers coming back strong, that you know it's hard to do that because now if you look at if you look at all the top wrestlers, you know they're back in the, in the WWE. They came from other organizations. Yeah. Or they left, got the name stronger again. Like the Hardys left in like oh nine, like oh eight oh nine, and went everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And got their name strong. TNA went to Ring of Honor, came back. Same thing with uh, you look at uh, um, look at AJ Styles. You know he's a big name from TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan. You know Kevin Owens, all those guys. They all came from different organizations. The big names came from different organizations and made names for themselves immediately when they got there. Are you sticking around for Raw? Isn't the Raw after Mania? Isn't that a big deal? Uh, it's probably a bunch, of, a bunch of rematches. For real, this time I'm, I'm going home. Okay. <laughs> did you go to Did you go to NXT? No, no, no. I missed it because remember, I think NXT was on Friday, I believe. Oh, was it? I thought it was Saturday night. Well, it's on Saturday night and they compete against Ring of Honor. And there's no way. They gave my money to Ring of Honor. Wow, you're Ring of Honor number one through and through. Yeah, is that where you're Ring of Honor number one? Wrestle Circus number two now. Wow, look at Wrestle Circus coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, uh, Wrestle Circus was hard. Yeah. You were hanging out with uh, John Pollock and Wei Ting. Yeah, 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 man. I was with everybody, man. Damn. Everybody. It's hilarious to see you go from like being a fighter at main event on Spike and then taking all these these pictures. Did you see Triple H, Stephanie? Like any of the the McMahons? Uh, nah, I see You don't care to see them, I saw, right? I saw, no, it's not. I'm, I'm more. I'm more. I want to see people that like that actually like, help change my life for us, John. That like, entertain me. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Those people are the ones that matter the most. Like, the old school wrestlers mean the most to me. Like Barry Windham, when I saw him. Like I actually told him that I was like, I actually thought about coming out to um, the West Texas Rednecks. You know what I'm saying? I told him about that. <laughs> so <I left>. What <laughs> did he say? No, but man. <laughs> he started laughing. <laughs> Everybody started laughing because that was a jam. Remember, remember for a while, for a period, I, I was I was posting the videos of my jam for a while. It was the best. It was the best. By the way, you didn't give us the dance on Friday. 
I know, man. For guys who tired, shot was Clinton. Yeah. Okay. So heavy. I, I suppose we should talk about that. Um, what did you think when you found out that he weighed 253 pounds? Well, I figured that he was going to be that big anyway because um, I thought that maybe he thought if he was bigger, he'd try to muscle me or something. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I have no idea. I know he trained with Bill Davis and some other guys. Um, I know that, that is, I was expecting a different Quentin Jackson to come forward, but to see him go backwards, the lower stance threw me off. And, and then and then I lost focus to take a round because the fight broke out in the crowd. I was trying to look at it. What? I don't know what. I'll be, yeah. When we get to cage, a fight broke out, and I saw the crowd stand up, looking to the left, and I was trying to look at the fight. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what was wrong with me, man. I was, Why? I was so it happened a lot. I just was focused and thought about. I see things in the crowd, or I hear things. I'm like trying to see what's going on. Were you that bored? Oh no! How are you even paying attention to that? No, I, I'm always like that. They're trying to be fighting. I'll see somebody in the crowd. I don't know what what it is, but I'll see somebody in the crowd. Like, oh, that's so and so. Uh, first fight's in Goku, I noticed Akiyama in the crowd. <laughs> I thought, that's Akiyama. Well, I, was, I don't know why I recognized him or why I noticed him, but I just did. It was just, it was just weird, you know what I'm saying? I, I, Sexyama? I Sexyama? Yeah. He was at yeah. your fight in Bellator? No, no, Sengoku. Oh, Sengoku. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it's weird, man. I think for wrestling, because a wrestler, like, you have to be aware of things, like the referees and your listening to your corners and... I don't know, there's no side of balance line. All that stuff. So I, I, you kind of multitask a little bit. Okay, so you're blaming him rocking you in the second round um, on you being distracted, looking at a fight going on in, in the stands. If that didn't happen, he would never have touched you. It would have been a 30 to 27 easy. Well, well no, the thing is, I lost, I lost focus. I'm not going to blame him. I'm not going to, that's, that's my, that's on me. I'm losing focus. That's sure. on me. I'm, I can't, I can't, I can't blame the crowd. This is me. I lost focus. You know what I'm saying? He, he got me. He uh, he hit me with a few good shots. You know what I'm saying? I was never, I was never, never close to any offense. Like, I was stunned. I was overwhelmed. But I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm done for. No. Nah. Because if you, if you notice, like, when someone's really hurt, when the bell rings, they stumble back to their corner. When the bell rang, I walked back. Like, that didn't happen. Like, it was nothing. How much did he hurt you? Like, how, how, how hurt were you when he landed those punches? No, I was I was still overwhelmed because like what's coming. I was like trying to figure out where it's coming from because he hit me with a good shot, a few good shots. But I wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm done. Let me let me start to. I wouldn't like I wouldn't like you know like hit the stanky leg and like that doing doing a dose thing Johnny and the type of crazy dances like that. But I was like, okay, he caught me. Okay, let me get my bearings. Like you know, I was coming still. You know, that's about it. Could you feel those forty pounds? I mean, like, I mean, you were trying at times. Did 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 you feel that there was a noticeable size difference between the two? I felt it more after the fight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Where? Like, I'm sore. You know, I like, usually I'll be sore like that, but like I'm, I'm like my muscles are kind of sore from trying to lift them. Wow. So I smudged them because you know I can get I can gauge my range because I also used to but all my spawn parts coming forward and me fighting moving laterally and me once, once I was jamming them but this time like I felt like I had to cover more ground because Quinn was backing up so I didn't want to jam him really too much because if I jammed him he can hit with the uppercut or the left hook but you know it is, it is awkward because he usually comes forward and he's more aggressive or he'll stalk you but this time he didn't stop me one bit did you know that you won though were you worried that it would be a controversial decision uh, I, was like, I, I was like I thought I went 2-1 but I was making sure that I went 2-1 right 2-1 me yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm cool. Would you like you to see in his face? Yeah. You see in his face that he lost, like, you know. 
Would you like to see Bellator have five round main events like the UFC? Oh, I'm cool with that. I've been, I even said, hey, make one go five rounds. Let's do it. But the thing is, like, with Bellator, they're all about, you know, ratings. So they don't want to have, like, a like a five-round fight that just, like, you know. Stinker. Because it's really a five-round fight. Yes, yeah, it's really a five-round fight. The last two rounds, like, Quinn was gassed. I was gassing. But I think I had more to get. I, I recovered faster than he does. So I, I think the last two rounds could have been something even more intense because I was going to his body real well. And I was hurting him with body shots. He was reacting to him. The fact that he shot on me says something. It says our pressure was getting to him. Because, mm. like, when are you ever seen Quentin really shoot and go to his knees? So you felt gassed as well? Uh, no, I didn't feel a glug. My, my, my cardio felt great, but muscle, like my muscle, like my muscles yeah. start feeling fatigued. But in between rounds, like, I recovered fast, so I felt fresh in between rounds. Like, after the second round, I was like, okay, I recovered quick. You know what I'm saying? Actually, walking, the, walking to the, um, the corner, I felt, I felt good. I recovered. Um, I think that I could have went two or three more rounds, honestly, because I, I recovered well between the rounds. I noticed afterwards you guys were talking to each other, and and I I noted that it was a nice, it it was a nice change from you know after your first fight where it got a little heated. It, it seemed like it was kind of amicable. What were you guys saying to each other? What did he say to you, and what did you say to him? He said, "You find me like a man." You know, I said, "You came, you threw punches, you mixed it up. It's cool." And I said. I told him, like, because you know how he did an interview saying that my biggest regrets can in MMA. He said that. Yeah. And, uh, but then when when he broke it down, he said, like, you know, it's not my biggest regret was getting the MMA. It's like my biggest regret in MMA is not, like, spending time with my family because when I got in MMA, I didn't have a chance to see my family, my, my sister grow and all that. And uh, I missed out on a lot of key moments in my life. And I was like, man, I can relate to that because, man, I got a 17 year old brother. You know, I got. I got family members, you know what I'm saying, that, that I don't spend time with because I'm always busy training to preparing for something. So I, I understood where he came from. I said, hey, man, that what you said was real. Huh. So I had, I had to give him props to what he said. So that's about it. Wow. So it kind of ended on a good note. Yeah, you know, but i still fight him again if, if, if the opportunity presented itself. Did you know that they were going to bring in Bader? Did you know that was on the table? I had an idea, man, because... I saw a face-off with uh, Lorenz Larkin and uh, Lima, and then I saw that one dude um, from Chicago or California call out Conor McGregor's uh, yeah. train partner. And I was like, man, I was like, and then when J- then Jimmy just said, well, we have somebody, and I was like, bring him out. Because like, yeah. I, I, it just made sense. Like, you know, it's me versus Bader. It just made sense. I was, I was like, where's Bader at? I'll fight him. <laughs> what about, like, I mean, you've been fighting a lot lately, you know, did, did you want to take a break? I mean, this is not the the quickest turnaround, but it's still, you know, you, you, you fight three rounds and then you have to come back and you're going to fight again, MSG. Would you have rather them wait just to see how you're feeling a little more? I mean, you go to the back, get checked out, things like that? Uh, I don't know. I would, like I said, my goal is to fight. If I can fight four to five times a year, that's great for me. Okay. Because I like to say, that, you know, like, you know, it's a, it's a job to fight. The more you fight, the more you get paid. Sure. Um, and the more wins you get, the better. You only get better through competitions. How I see it. So the more you compete, the better you, you know. The better you get, and I, and I like competing. How do you feel about not being on the pay per view and being on the spike portion of the card? Oh, well, whatever. I just, you know what? I'll be on. I fight. You know, if it's on the internet, I fight. I don't care as long as my paycheck don't change and as long as I'm fighting. I don't care. People ain't got to watch. I fight in a, like a dark room. 
with like one person watching. It don't matter to me. Those my Patriots are the same. And and is the winner of this fight guaranteed a title shot? Have they told you that? Um, <clears throat> no, I don't know. I just, I just, if I once I beat him, I wouldn't mind fighting the winner of Matt Mitchell. Oh, and uh, and Fedor, and after that, I fight. I'd rather fight Phil Davis after that. Wow. So you don't want you don't want a Phil Davis rematch. You'd rather go up. Oh, we get. I, I get a Phil Davis rematch, but I want I want Fedor first because the thing is. What I don't want to do is fight Phil first, and all of a sudden someone else is a favorite fight because Fedor has two, two or three fight contracts. So I'm trying to get okay. make sure I get in there to fight him. I, Phil I, ain't going nowhere. Right, right, right. I feel you. Um, did you? You didn't have to cut any weight for this, right? I mean, this must have been the, this must have been really like a, a walk in the park for you this fight week. Bro, I weighed two oh nine going to the cage. I lost three pounds weighing wow. somehow. Wow. That is amazing. I have no idea. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how. I guess probably because I work. I work out. I work out every day. Like you know, on um, fight week, and I, I you know, I did mitts, grappling, wrestling. I, I did it all, but good sweats. But maybe I just did a little too much. I went too hard, and you know, going to going to the venue. I had down to the bucket on the water eight a few times that day. It's said most step on the scale because we want to do you know want to do studies or want to do like some research type thing. Oh, and I stepped on the scale two oh nine, and I was like two oh nine. And the dude was like, oh, you lost three pounds. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> and Quentin, I don't know what Quentin weighed. Quentin could probably weigh 260 or 255. I have no idea what he weighed. What he weighed but I know he was heavy. He was big. Wouldn't you like, I know you're a boxing guy. Wouldn't you like if, if, if when they you know, did the broadcast, they say what you weighed in at and then what you weigh on the night of the fight? Don't you think that's interesting? Well, I, I think it is. They should do that more. I, I would mind. I, I wish they do that. And I wish they also put in those sensors, you know, those, those punch sensors to see how hard you're actually hitting. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I, I think that'd be great. Yeah, because I think that it's, it, you get more of an insight of uh, of how hard someone got hit, how hard someone can really throw. You know what I'm saying? All, all that stuff. You know, you get more of an insight of what damage is really being done. What do you think Rampage should do? Like we were talking about this earlier. It's not like he's getting knocked out and you know, like he's unconscious and stuff like that. I mean, he's still kind of hanging in these fights and you know, he had the winning streak prior to your fight, but it it feels like he doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't have his heart in it. Like he doesn't care as much. Do you think that he should stop fighting? What do you think he should do? Well, I would think that maybe he should bring in Tony McKee. I think that, look, I knew, I'm going to be real. I knew I had the fight in the bag. I knew it was definitely a done deal once I saw Antonio McKee went in this corner. I think he needs to get back to Antonio McKee because Antonio McKee finds a way to get him in shape, finds a way to get him motivated. Granted, he might not like it, but Antonio McKee, he's like a, a hidden secret in the MMA game. All his fighters come in tip-top shape. He has a decent game plan. Like, I'm 0-2 versus him. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Really, I should be 1-1 against him. You know what I'm saying? But actually, I should be 2-1 because when, when, when you corner quitting, the first time he was in his corner, but somehow, and I'm Al Newton, the second fight I thought I won that, so I should be 2 one versus him, but for some reason, I'm 0-3 versus that man. Wow. That's something. Wow. You just put, you just put yeah. out the, like, like uh, Ryan Bader should now, I mean, you just put it out. Why would you tell your opponents that? It doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying, because I'm always, I'm always evolving, and, you know, McKee, he's good, but, you know, I'm, 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 I'm getting smarter, too. <laughs> sure, sure. By the way, when you were at Mania with Robbie Lawler, did you ask him about ATT? Uh, nah, because he was busy talking about John Cena. You know, he's a closet John Cena fan. What? All he was talking about John Cena. Yes. That's all he was talking about John Cena. I would never have guessed that. Dead serious. 
Was he do like was he doing the you can't see me wearing all the stuff, all that? Yeah, he said for his next fight, if, if he gets a knockout, he'll Stop do it. you can't see Get me. Get out of here. I don't believe I'm dead you know. serious. I'm dead I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. His son Glenn was with him too. I'm dead serious. Man, he loves John Cena. Wow. So was he well, like when when John Cena popped the question? Was he freaking out? Like was he crying? What was he? What was he doing? No, I, well, I, I see we're in the same area. But when I saw him, he said he was happy for him, and he's like, hoping things worked out. <laughs> it, it, man, he was wearing, like he's wearing a John Cena jersey. Get out of here! Wore a John Cena jersey. Dead serious, man. <laughs> dead serious. And he had that, you know, that orange towel. Never give up. Yeah, had that I, in his back pocket. Robbie Lawler? Robbie Lawler's one of the biggest Justin fans, hands down. <laughs> was he wearing like the, the, the sweatbands and all that stuff? No, nah, he said like he had uh, some he had some jeans on, the jersey and then the, the towel in his back pocket. Oh my god, this is the biggest news of the day. We saved the best for last. Robbie Lawler is a closet John Cena fan. Who knew? I didn't think that was possible. did you did, I mean you were surprised by that? I was disgusted. I can't stand John Cena. Wow. You don't like him? You don't have respect for what he's done? And I respect him, but I wish he would turn heel at least one time. Like, Just one time. We can turn heel. Let me tell you yeah, something. If John, if John Cena turned like disgusting heel, F you fans, I don't care about the kids, all that stuff, I would get back into it. I mean, what are they waiting for? The he, merch? He, I don't know. You can tell Robbie that. Because Robbie is definitely <laughs> anti-heel John Cena. He'd be heartbroken. Um, man, he, uh, he probably, he's first, at first, like, months ago, he was like, yeah, my son watched it, so I watched it with him. And then, like, one time where, you know, he was talking about John Cena, and I was like, I walked in on him, and he was just talking, like, a little bit too much about John Cena, and his background and everything. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Wow. I can't wait to talk to Robbie Lawler about this. This is going to be great. He'll give me, like, four-word answers as opposed to two, but it's still going to be very exciting. You know? Wow. That yeah. is something. Okay, so the highlight of the whole weekend. What what was the bigger deal? Meeting all these guys or beating Quinton Jackson? Honestly. <laughs> what do you think it is? You already know what I'm gonna say. I feel like it's meeting the guys, honestly. I know it's like it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, god. I was good, but meeting like I had to fight I had the, the stuff booked. So I was like, look, I gotta beat Quinton. I can't come meet these guys as a loser. I was like, uh-uh. I was like, I got to meet, you know, Hakeem and, and, and Slick as a winner. I got to meet Teddy Long and Ron Simmons as a winner. I got to meet Marginetti and Gilbert as a winner. I can't be coming here as a loser. That is amazing. Yeah, so it actually, it, it, it acted as like a source of motivation. This fight happening the weekend of all this stuff, there was no way you were going to go to Chicago, excuse me, Orlando as a loser. This was great for you. Yeah, and I saw and the crazy thing is, the first person I saw was D-Lo. Who said, D-Lo, D-Lo cut a promo for me that Mo, after you win, the next day you're flying to Orlando, and we're gonna, we're, I'm going to see you at WrestleCon. First person I saw when I walked in the building wow. was D-Lo. D-Lo Brown? Yeah, it's my dog, D-Lo. I haven't, I, I haven't thought of D-Lo Brown in so long. Wow, it has been a while since I heard of him. What's he doing? Oh, man, he's, uh, he's in Vegas right now, you know, just um, just working. Okay. Not in the wrestling industry? No, nah, I think he works at Cheetahs with the uh, um, with the uh, comma, aka Godfather. Okay, working at a strip club. Yeah. Oh wow, D'Lo. Who knew? Did a lot of these guys watch your fight? 
Yeah, so I'm all they'll talk to me like, man, boy, Quentin got big, but man, you, you, man, you, uh, you grind them out, got that victory, man, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is amazing. I'm like, yeah. I was like, wasn't pretty, but they're like, hey, wasn't pretty, but the boy was big. He had like 40, 50 pounds on you, man, you know, we can't expect you to stand and bang in front of him, stand in front of him and bang, but, you know, he's, he's a heavy hitter and he's a dangerous fighter, but you went out there, he grinds them out. I was like, yeah, I had to do what I had to do. There you go. Uh, last thing for you, Mo. Is this like a big deal for you to compete at MSG? I mean, being the combat sports historian that you are, boxing, wrestling, MMA, I mean, is this a big deal? Is this like a bucket list thing for you? Uh, I wrestled there before um, in the grappling garden, but stepping on the way, the scales and Ali and, and the yeah. stepped on, you know, stepped on, that's a big deal for me because I'm going to take a picture on that and flex hard. <laughs> flex hard. Um, I, I know I asked you this last week, by the way, but like, can you, I love your breakdowns. What, what's the path to victory for DC? Is it the same thing as the first fight? Like just kind of, you know, weather the storm and then he's got it. What do you think? I, no, I think they just, he just put the pressure on him. Keep him smother, smother him. Don't let him fight at range. Find him at mid range or in close range, smother him. Um, wear on him. Use your feints. Keep him on balance. Keep him guessing. Um, hit him some few shots. When he covers up, take him down. And He's, then submit him. First round? Um, uh, no, I think second. You know, because Rumble fights with such strong energy and he's so aggressive first round. Wait till second round to where he where he's relaxed more and not as a, not as like, you know, aggressive. Okay. What about what about Weidman and uh, Musasi? What do you got? <sighs> Man, I'm saying some I always thought Musasi is a dangerous striker. I don't know how Weidman bounces back from, uh, it depends on how Weidman bounces back from the um, Romero fight. Um, if he can bounce back probably from the Romero fight, he can win. But if Musashi comes, Musashi is a momentum fighter. So if Musashi gets the momentum going, he's going to win. Oh, wow. So you're going with Musashi? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going with either, either one. I'm just telling you how, I'm just telling you how they both can win. All right. Well, who are you going with? Who's your pick? Oh, uh, man. Um, I'm going to go with the American wrestler. That's what you see. American wrestler. All right. I'm going with uh yeah, I'm going I'm going with Wideman because I, I like Wideman, man. All right, fair enough. Um King Mo, we appreciate it. Great stuff. Congratulations on the big win. And uh I'm happy you came to your senses and went to your first WrestleMania. It warmed my heart. The pictures did as well. Always good to catch up with you and we'll see you in New York. All right, man. I see you, man. All right, there he is. Mohammed Lowell. How about that? No one could break it down better than him. He's one of the smartest guys in the game. Really is. Loves breakdowns, honest. Great stuff, as always, from uh, King Mo. Okay, we have to go. They're telling me we're done, right, New York Rick? Everyone's mad, 4.30? I was thinking in my mind that I was trying to get back the 15 minutes that we lost from the stream, so I was allowed to go 15 minutes longer. Oh, damn. Is that is that fair? Is no, that fair? That's not fair. To the hardworking people back here? No, but I mean, it's just like I, my, my audience lost 15 minutes, so I got to give it back to them on the back end. No appreciation for who, who speaking of when's your next press release coming out, huh? Who's the pick to click, as John Anik likes to say, for two ten. Like who's the lock? Give me a lock. Oof. Can I get a lock? Let me uh let me look at the full card real quick. Um But uh man, you know I hate doing that. But Who's the lock? I'll do it. Let's see. Give me a lock. Can I get a lock? Huh. No locks. I mean, I kind of like Brooks to smother Oliveira. Okay. I feel like that's probably pretty safe. 
Um, I think Oliveira will make it dicey, but I, I think that's probably a, a safe one. Someone calling us? What's happening? Hmm. Okay. I, I think Ol- I think uh, Brooks should be able to get real close to Oliveira and just uh, keep him from uh, getting the distance that he needs. All right, and there you heard it. Um, also, Saturday, Bellator has an event that's in Italy, but it's live. So you can get like, what, 11 hours of MMA action? There you go. You've got uh, Melvin Manhoof against Rafael Carvalho for the middleweight title. Oof. What, you don't? I mean. The first fight. That first fight. Was <laughs> you watched that one. You actually watched that one. Yeah, that might have been the worst fight I've ever seen in my life. Wow. I mean, and I don't think I'd be alone in saying that. Did you watch it? I did watch it. It was not good. It was not good. But they thought, you know what? Let's try to do it again. <laughs> Let's run. This is the worst fight ever. Let's run it back. But it was controversial. Sure. Right? Was it? I mean, who cares? Like, if there was controversy and something that nobody cares about, is that really like, it's actually, is it worth settling? It's a good point. Like, who, who gives him? Maybe Musasi is fighting the winner of this. You mm. never know. And also their uh, their big prospect, Anastasia Yankova, is fighting on the card as well. So look out for that. Another busy weekend of mixed martial I, arts. Yes. Before we go, I owe somebody a shout out. Okay, here we go. Candy Arellano. Big, hugest Invicta fan in the world. Comes to every show. Wow. I told Does her last live? week I'd shout oh, her she? out. I, I told her last week I'd shout her out and I, and I didn't. Wow. But this time I am. Not a man of your word. No, stop. Um, I love you. Does she live in Kansas City or does no? She I think act- she travels to the event. Whoa, that is a hardcore. Yeah, fan. she comes. She comes to every show. It's uh, it's a big deal. Okay. Shout out to you, Candy. Shout out to you, Candy. Uh, next week, the MMA hour is back post two ten, but it's going to be probably famous last words. Bit of a shorter show because it's Passover. In fact, I was supposed to miss Passover. And excuse me, missed the show, go home for Passover in Montreal because it's the first night of the Seder. But I said, you know what? I can't leave the people hanging. Can't let them down. I have to do a show. And so I hope you all appreciate that. My family doesn't, but I hope you have my back. So we'll be back next Monday. Shorter show, but because I have to do the Seder and all, but there will be a show nonetheless. Yes, Is uh, Kevin Lee coming to your Seder? No, he is not. Mm. He has to make it up to me. After the yeah. stunt he pulled earlier today. No, that was good stuff. No, it was great stuff. I love that stuff. Way to flip yeah, the script. It was good. I was planning on bringing it up, the comments, because people tweet me about oh. it. I was planning on bringing it up. I was going to ease into it, but you know what? He did it first, even better. No BS. He, does, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, fake the funk. He, he brings it. On a nasty dunk. All right, you All can right. hit my music. Uh, good to chat. Thank you very much to everyone who tuned in. Apologies for the... Uh, break in the action they hate when i bring this up all the time but i have to especially in the middle of the habib interview but i'm happy to hear from habib and i'm happy that he's in good spirits or starting to feel in better spirits and feel like himself and getting his health situation checked out feeling a lot better this is good news Fun show. Great to talk to everyone today. Thank you very much to Angela Lee for stopping by. She returns to action end of May, May 26th, defending her one championship Adam weight title. A name to remember. Good first appearance for the 20-year-old. Still can't believe she's born in 1996. That blows my mind. 1996. Unbelievable. Thank you very much to Antonio Rodrigo Noguera. Thank you very much to the good people at Fight Pass 
for the prize pack. Check out Pride Never Die Week on Fight Pass all week long. Some great things planned. And check out The Third Degree with Antonio Rodrigo Noguera. Six episodes out tomorrow, Tuesday, on UFC Fight Pass. Thank you very much to Wonderboy Thompson. I hope he's doing okay. Just check back in with him. Hope everyone in South Carolina and all the cities around it are doing okay as well. Thank you very much to Ray Longo. Best of luck. Thank you very much to Kevin Lee. Good luck on June 25th. Thank you very much to Habib Nurmagomedov. Get well soon. Thank you very much to King Mo. And thank you very much to the Marines for their support once again. Back next week, same time and place. Till the same. Peace, somebody. Right now, businesses are facing tough choices. Do you cut costs or drive growth? Solve for today or build for tomorrow? Do you satisfy your shareholders or satisfy your customers? The answer is yes. You don't have to choose. With the intelligent platform for digital business from ServiceNow, you can say yes to unifying your existing systems and yes to accelerating growth. Visit servicenow.com to see how we can help you put yes to work. The world works with ServiceNow.